Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson. And today we'll be discussing Escape Plan, released by Summit Entertainment on October 18th, 2013. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jim Caviezel, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, Sam Neill, Vinny Jones, and Aran Tahir, with Vincent D'Onofrio and Amy Ryan. Written by Miles Chapman and Arnell Jesko. Directed by Mikhail Hafstrom. So I, I don't want to say anything until I get your point of view, because this is the first time you've seen this movie. Yes. I had seen it before. So I just want to hear what your thoughts are, since this is your first impression. Yeah, no, that that's fair. It was... Uh, it was a good movie. I it was. I'm not going to say it wasn't what I expected. In in some ways, it wasn't what I was expected. But based on if you read the back cover, it 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 fell in line with what I thought it was going to be once I read what it was about. Right. When I heard a movie with Schwarzenegger and Stallone, it's not the movie that I thought it was going to be. But once I read the cover, then it it fit fit what I thought it was going to be, which is kind of a. You know, not a mystery, but kind of a puzzle and a little bit different take on a prison movie, basically. Yeah. I mean, it becomes an action movie at the end, but right. it's a prison break movie. And yeah. It's very much that. It, it really commits to that, which I, I, I like a lot. Yeah, I, I like this movie, too. So you, did you know anything about what the movie was about before you read the back of the box? No. I, didn't, I, I went into it completely cold. But you didn't, though. You read the box. I almost wish you had gone in oh, well, okay. entirely cold. Not that I'm blame, I don't blame you. Like, you know, <laughs> Thank I'm you. Not, I'm not like judging you for it. I'm just saying you know, it would have been interesting to see. I can feel you judging me. <laughs> I'm just saying it would have been interesting to, you know, to really see, go in cold. Yeah, what, what kind of reaction. Yeah, I, I, I like it, too. I, I like the fact that it's a prison break movie. I like the fact that, you know, it's, it's a real movie. Unlike, you know, I mean... I, we're not really we're not planning to cover the Expendables movies as main episodes, just because right. Arnold's not. Re- it's really just cameos. But you know, I think those movies were kind of billed as it's the team up with Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and hey, they're finally doing a movie together. But like those, you know, Expendables two in particular is fun, but it's it's not a real movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's not. It only works because of who is in it, and it only works because it's constantly breaking the fourth wall and they're making yeah, comments. I mean, it's, of, it's meta to the. Tenth degree, and they're constantly like quoting each other's catchphrases, and yeah. Bruce Willis is telling Arnold, "No, I'll be back," or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it's the, not a movie. In the reality of the movie, none of that makes any sense. No. Whereas this is a real movie, and it, yeah. they don't wink at the camera. You know, it wasn't necessarily designed for Stallone and Schwarzenegger, but once they were cast, they kind of tweaked it to fit them, and I think they did a great job. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, it's it's disappointing that it didn't didn't do very well, uh, and on the on the DVD, I did watch. I didn't get through all of the commentary. I got through about half of the commentary. Life got in the way, and I did watch the making of. And one of the producers, you know, before this is bef- they obviously filmed this stuff before the movie was released. One of the producers, and I'm not sure how this would work. the The plan was to have this as be like a franchise. Yeah, I don't know how that would have worked either. I, I, I do not. I, mean, I he seemed completely serious when speaking to the camera that yeah. this would it was like a planned franchise for Ray Breslin. Like how? I mean, I like Stallone and I like Schwarzenegger, but if you're just from a business point of view, I don't know if it's a good idea to pin your franchise on like a 65 year old well, guy. There's that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe but just a guy who escapes prisons. It's like once you've seen this, how- it was was the idea maybe that he would join uh, Arnold? Arnold got two names, and I can never Rottmeier or Mannheim. Man- Pick- Mannheim is the actual. His, yes. It's his real name, right? Yeah. So spoiler. Uh, yeah, spoilers. We should. Yeah, this is a re- relatively recent movie, so spoiler warning. Uh, we're we're not exact. We're more just over three years from the date, so we're we're clear here. Yeah, but you know, it, nobody like you said, nobody saw this movie. So, uh, 
but uh, maybe the idea was going to be that you know uh Breslin would join Rottmeyer's uh crew and they'd like take down the world banking system whatever he was planning to do and maybe he had to like break out of a vault or something <laughs> to do a little Ethan Hunt and Mission Impossible well i'm saying is the idea that it it would be a series of prison break movies or would it, the next well, movie just be a totally different thing i don't know i mean it that's what would not make sense to me is if it was a series of prison break movies it's, why are you, why is he back in another prison yeah i I mean, yeah, it seems strange to me that they, they didn't get in. I mean, it, it was a, a comment, kind of probably in passing, right, during the making of. But I, I just, I kind of laughed at. It. I'm like, I do not understand how that would work. Well, you know, it's a very, it's probably just a businessman, you know, or I know he's a producer, so he has, he has a certain kind of creative yeah. uh, role in making the movie. But still, you know, there's it's the whole thing of like. They're doing the Universal Movie Monsters cinematic universe. It's yeah. like, who thinks that's going to make money? You know, it's like, <laughs> we're going to do Dracula, and then we're going to do Frankenstein, and then we're going to do Dracula versus Frankenstein. Look at all the Marvel movies. It's, look at how they just come and piece together. It's, oh, it's, they, they've planned like six Comcast, you're really, really stretching with that universe. But it, you, know, but it, you know what I mean? Like Some businessman is going like, this is guaranteed. All you have to do is create so, a cinematic universe where things are connected. So maybe that's all it was. Maybe they're just like, it's, it'll be a franchise, you know, Ray Breslin Adventures. It could be. Uh, it, if that was the case, I'm glad that this didn't do well because we didn't need that franchise. I do think he's a really, I think both of the, their characters are really interesting and like well-drawn and well-acted. And I agree. Uh, it's it's fun to see them actually teaming up. Unlike yeah. the Expendable movies, as I said, it's just like, it's it's the appearance of a movie yes. <laughs> more than a movie itself. Again, not to knock them, but they're, they're fun for what they are. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing I noticed, and this is something I never noticed about, I, I never noticed about movies, is the, my biggest complaint about Escape Plan, the editing is terrible. I don't know if it's something you noticed, but it's just, you know, it, hmm. in most movies, editing is just kind of invisible, and you don't yeah. really notice well, it. Well, that, that's actually probably when it's a good job. Right. Uh, for the most part. I mean, maybe there's one or two where it's like, wow, the, you know, those cuts are something that it really was impressive, and you notice it in a positive way, but you're right. It's, it's kind of, you want it to be white noise that you don't. Yeah, it, it needs, just needs to do the job and not be, and you know, and I think most of the time when you, like, you know, whoever wins, like, best editing for the Oscars, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess. I mean, that was a good movie, but I, whatever, why is that the best editing? Right. You know, it's it's very much invisible. In this movie, I was just constantly noticing, like, whoa, that was a jarring cut, and then there's a lot of wipes, you know, which is, That's like, true. not a thing that you see outside of Star Wars movies anymore. No, I was, well, it's funny you said Star Wars movies, you know those better than me. I was going to say that where you see wipes the most are in the home video editings that I do because I'm just <laughs> right. lazy and because I want to work in as many different ones of the bells and whistles it has. Oh, and yeah. Clearly, I am not a real filmmaker, so I shouldn't be editing major motion pictures. I mean, yeah, I was waiting for the star wipe to show up, you know? <laughs> I, that's the thing I certainly use that one. That lives in those that, that editing software. You know, I'm not opposed to wipes. Like, I, I think it's kind of cool in theory that it's like, oh, it's a, it's a non-Star Wars movie that has wipes. Like, you know, right. uh, but... It's just always in a terrible place. Like, like you know, usually a wipe is just like to denote like a passage of time, or we're cutting from here to there. In the opening sequence, after Breslin escapes, and we'll go through uh, beat by beat, but like uh, he escapes, and then there's a wipe to him just in the back of the van driving away from the prison. It's like this happened right. Like literally yeah. a minute has gone by. You can't wipe from, <laughs> you know. I had not noticed that. Maybe I'll need to start paying attention more in some of these. I mean, that's. I think that's maybe why I started paying attention to the editing. I was like, "What is that wipe?" And it just it, it like really bothered me. And then the whole rest of the movie, I was just distracted by constant bad editing. Not just the wipes, but just like, you know, there'll be a dialogue scene, and they'll like cut to you know. I'm sure a lot of it was just to cover like 
mistakes or something. We're just yeah. like, why did they cut to that guy for you know half a second, and now we're back to Sly again? <laughs> so that in, the for, the first thing I thought of that initial wipe that you're complaining about is Morpheus in the Matrix. It's like a splinter in your mind. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> you just couldn't possibly get past it. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think you know. Uh, I don't know if we, we if you want to jump in or if you have anything else you want to talk about just in general. No, not in the. I, I don't think so in the opening. Other than it was, I think this in some ways was a little bit different of you know kind of their type and stock movie character. Yeah. Uh, as you said, towards the end, and it, to me, it felt a little bit bolted on, like they needed to get the action sequence, which I was okay with because it was fun in some ways. I really like the the final action sequence, yeah. even though it does feel like a different movie. Than yeah, well, that's the thing is, it feels like a different movie, and it feels like because of who wound up taking you know both roles of they right. probably made some changes, and from my you know listening to the commentary, they did make some changes. Yeah, and I think there's no question about it. Um, but I, I kind of liked and enjoyed that it was a little bit different, and it's sort of. Uh, maybe for Arnold, you know, you had Maggie, which was really, really different. Some of this kind of post post governor return has been kind of interesting. I mean, unfortunately, maybe it's just you and me find it interesting, and nobody <laughs> else wants to watch it. But I, I, um, I, yeah, I think the numbers bear that out. Yeah, but I, I don't know. This this was different than the Last Stand, which was different than Maggie, which you know, all, all of them so far have been a lot different. Yeah, it's really a bummer that he, none of these movies have done any business. Yeah, because I do think that. They're all interesting in their own ways. I mean, even sabotage, which I defended a lot more than you. You did, yes. Uh, I think there is some interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there, even though it's a pretty bad movie. Uh, and apparently, I someone uh, wrote. I don't know if someone wrote into the Twitter. Or, yes, Twitter. Uh, uh, Dom- yeah, one of the, one of our newer listeners, Dominic. Yeah, and talking about how the, the actual the, the director's cut is out there. Yes, which makes me want to buy it and rewatch it and maybe do like you know. That was his recommendation. Is that the I think particularly the ending, the the original intended ending was. Supposed to be a lot better. Yeah, so you know, I really want to see that now. Now that we know that it, it is exists. out there, because I think when we did that episode, we didn't know that it existed. Yeah, we only you know. So so even maybe that director's cut is really good, which would mean all four of his movies since he's come back out of retirement are good to you know, yeah. very good. Yeah. Even you know, we'll, we'll see how we feel about uh, the Last Stand when we get to it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> I'm one. A, I'm you, a little worried about that one. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I, I don't know. I mean, you and I, we both went and saw it in theaters, and there was probably about two other people in the theater with <laughs> yeah. us. Um, yeah. But uh, e- either way, it, it's not going to be worse than some of those ones in the in the pre in the decline, as we said. You know, kind of Eraser was the best of that bunch because yeah, I, I don't think Last Stand is going to be worse than End of Days, Sixth Day, and um, I don't know what else we're missing from there. Collateral damage. Collateral, How could you forget collateral oh, damage. God, that's embarrassing that I forgot collateral damage. You know what? I, I've had this. I, I I I created this and I keep forgetting to have it available. Oh, hold on. I I need to make an effort to have this to at use our dispo- the tools at our disposal. It's called collateral damage. <laughs> We, we swore to have that available, and I, I did it like months ago, and I keep forgetting to bring it up. Hey, so you when you have tools in the toolbox, you need to use them. <laughs> That's right. Not everything needs a hammer. But not, make sure I, I, I'm, we're using that tool that we have there. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, that's, other than it was a little bit different um, from my expectations and any, just even the types of stuff he's done from the return, I didn't really have anything else. So I'm, I'm ready to kind of hop into Escape Plan, which in many ways is more of a Stallone movie, but... Arnold certainly got enough in this one that it's kind of kind of both. Yeah, it's it's a Stallone movie, but really, the the plot revolves around Arnold's character. It's true, you know. I mean, once you only really learn at the end what 
you know, characters' motivations are and what kind of what's going on. Because, I mean, the broad strokes of the plot, I mean, I, we, sh- we should go through it, but broad strokes are he, he is an escape artist where he his job is to go into prisons and attempt to escape and then basically like the federal prison. Yeah, uh, give an autopsy to kind of say where the weaknesses are. Yeah, the government pays him to learn where the weaknesses are. And so some mysterious woman who claims to be from the CIA shows up and says, we've got our... Are like basically illegal. It's it's, it's a Guantanamo. It's a Guantanamo. Yeah, it's it's a stand-in for Guantanamo. Yeah, um, we want you to test this, and then but then things go wrong, and it turns out maybe that there was something. There's more going on. Uh, but again, spoiler: the, what's actually happening is that's Arnold's daughter, Arnold's character's daughter, who just sent Breslin in to re- rescue him. Effectively, yeah. The to whole help, plot to is, help him break out. So yeah, even though Stallone is the, the protagonist of the movie and like basically we're getting everything from his point of view. Nothing happens without Arnold's character. And Arnold is kind of, his character is portrayed as like the big bad. Like he's very like, everyone's trying to find him and they don't realize they actually have already caught him. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I think that in the end they come out equal in the sense that, you know, once you learn what the, the, the actual truth about Arnold's character, you kind of go like, Oh, okay. He yeah. kind of seemed like more of a sidekick, but Oh, now that now I see that it's, it was actually all about him. Yeah. No, that, that's probably a good way to sum it up is that while Stallone is the protagonist, Arnold's character is as important, if not more important. Yeah, and I could see if they if they did want to make a sequel, how they would then be more equal. Yeah. Because, or, you know, or even in the world, in this world, you know, Arnold's character is the more important character. Yeah. Breslin just is a guy who breaks out of prisons for a living. Yeah. Arnold is like a famous, yes, you know, he's like Robin Hood, basically. Yeah, basically. I was going to compare him to like Blofeld or something. He's oh. like a benevolent Blofeld. <laughs> So he's the good guy. He's the yeah. good, good blowfell. He's a nice blowfell. Uh, okay, but should we jump in? Yeah. So yeah, we, we start with our, uh, Sly in prison. Bendwater Federal Penitentiary. Yes, which is actually apparently a, a real federal prison in Colorado. Right. I did not look that up. Uh, it's interesting because they shot this movie in like the Louisiana area. Yeah, tax credits. Yeah. Well, I, I think also it's because the actual prison that take, the bulk of the movie takes place in... Uh, they filmed it in an old abandoned space shuttle like yes. hangar. Uh, yeah, where they uh, did assembly. But that, that again, I, it's the same thing. I think they were going to Louisiana for the tax credits, and then... Oh, you think so? Yeah, because a little bit of the making of that I watched is they were you know, out site-selecting and determining, well, do we... Do we have to build all, Do we have to build a prison, or can we find something? They found this basically abandoned shuttle site. It's like, oh, this is perfect. We don't have to build all that much. We can use most of this. I assumed it was the reverse. I, thought, I assumed it's like we need a no. big space. Let's nope. shoot in this old shuttle. <laughs> you would be amazed at what those tax credits, how much they drive things. Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is because you know this opening sequence is supposed to take place in Colorado, and it's the flattest <laughs> country you've ever seen. It's true. Can I bring this up too? Here's here's one thing that bothered me about it. I know it was supposed to be a little bit of an inside joke, the vanity plates. Oh, yeah. Why, if he lives in Los Angeles, why does he have vanity plates in Colorado? <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that there were Colorado plates. Yeah, they're Colorado <laughs> plates. I, I, when That's I a... saw that, and in the commentary, the director makes them. Oh, you know, and he, he does have a very heavy Swedish accent, the director. Yeah. Uh, he makes a joke about it. I just I wanted to jump through the screen and say it doesn't make any sense. Why would he have Colorado vanity plates? He lives in L.A. Well, I mean, I think the implication is he's in prison for months and months and months. That that I right? do believe. Yes. So I think maybe he just like, hey, well, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> oh, over here, you slide. Here we go. 
The difficulty here is going to be distinguish it from our Dolph impressions from it, from a few episodes back. <laughs> if you listen to that one, uh, yeah, the bonus episode, the Kindergarten Cop two episode. But I, okay, I, I sh- I'm not even going to do it now. Come on, you shamed me, me into. Let me hear slides. <laughs> you, it's been interrupted now. Uh, no, but I think Breslin is probably saying like, "Oh, oh when I get out, I want to be picked up by." A, I'm just doing Dolph. I'm just, I don't, <laughs> I gotta say, if I say, yo, Adrian, uh, come pick me up in a van that has my license plate. If I don't start every sentence with yo, Adrian, I won't be able to slip into my slide. That was terrible. I, I, that's the last, last time I do a, a Stallone impression. I would have thought as big of a Stallone fan as you were, I would have thought you have perfected this by now. It's because I'm on the spot. I could, if I wasn't on the spot, I could probably do a better one. Okay. I just know that... Uh, Fair enough. Uh, but no, I, I'll bet it's like, he has to put a little panache on it. I'm just like, they've got six months. Hey, buy a van... Get, get some vanity plates that says Lucky Ray, <laughs> and make sure I, you pick me up in this and van. And it's such a lame one, too. I don't know why that director thought that was funny. I Lucky know. Ray. Lucky Ray. L-K-Y-R-A-Y. Which yeah. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, I don't think so. You know, Licky Ray. He likes to lick things. Likey. Likey Ray. <laughs> right. Well, part of this escape, part of his escape plan is to blow up a car. It would have been funny if they accidentally blew up the car with the vanity plates. With plate. the vanity plates, that would have been... You picked the wrong car, you know? <laughs> You've ruined my genius <laughs> idea. Uh, yeah, and I, never, I didn't pick up on the fact that they were Colorado plates. That's amazing. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> sorry for that uh, that that uh, detour, but I just... I had to get that out. It really bothered me. No, and it's, 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 a, it's equivalent to the flat Colorado yeah. landscape of just... Yeah. You know, they, they don't care. Those little details... You know, directing isn't about the little details. It's about the big picture. Apparently so. As, so, as I guess, Ed Wood once said. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, so in terms of, I guess, the details, I, you know, we, we kind of get this first sequence where it just is not a lot of dialogue for Sly. It's just him looking around and observing a bunch. And then eventually, once he escapes, then kind of when he's given the debrief to the, the warden, um, you get kind of all the details. So I don't know how you want to handle it. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw this movie being really, I was, I was really put off by that, you know, cause I, you don't, you don't know what to expect. Like you were saying. And I remember when I saw this, it was just like, are they ever going to explain how he got out? Like he just like, poof, he's out. And then they don't, you know, and then they go back and he's like, Oh, here's all I did. It. And he, yeah. he, he goes through the step by step. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you felt about it. It was like, you know, I remember I was watching going like, I, I'm not sure if they're ever going to explain this or if they're just going to be like, he got out. Don't worry about it. You know? So it I, seems like that's what they're going to do. Yeah. So they go through a, a pretty deep, again, the sequence is he picks a fight. He winds up in solitary and most of the first, I don't know if it's 10 minutes in the movie is him just kind of observing, not really saying much. I doubt it's that much. It's probably five minutes maybe of his escape. And then five minutes explaining could, the escape, which pro- the, the two kind of blend together a little bit. Yeah. So a part of the escape is there's a distraction outside, as as you mentioned. It's a it's an old Lincoln, I think, Continental that gets set on fire. Yeah, it's uh, definitely some old boat of a car. Yes, uh, Amy Ryan, who I know from, I'm sure she's done a ton of stuff, but I know her from The Wire. Actually, is where I immediately recognize her. Beatty Russell from The Wire. Yeah, you never really watched The American Office at all, did you? No, I did not. Okay, because I know how much you're a fan of the, the British Office. Yes, she she had a very a recurring character on the prominent on the role. Office, yeah. Okay, she was the what, who was the equivalent? The woman who became David Brent's boss. Oh, um, Jennifer Taylor Clark yes. is who it was in the yes. UK version. Amy, Amy Pl- Ryan played that part in the American gotcha. Office. Um, so she does a distraction, and he, you see, a fireman get inside the minivan with the Lucky Ray Colorado plates. They drive out. It can't be more than a couple miles, if that, from the prison. 
He's still in his prison garb, and they give him – there's a working payphone, which I find that very difficult to believe, but there's a working payphone. And he makes a call. I What I had a problem with, I didn't understand why it needed to be this elaborate. And how right. dangerous is it that – and, you know, maybe just kind of the current times. How dangerous is it that he's in a Department of Corrections jumpsuit – just walking around. That's that's not a that that for as smart of a guy as Ray Breslin is supposed to be. That's not a smart move. I agree. It's, like, he had a very elaborate plan to get out, but then what happens after he gets out? It seems like it was kind of like ah, we'll figure it out when we get there. Because yeah, you would think they would have a very regimented process. Right. Like as soon as he breaks out and he makes the call to, I assume he's been he's calling Vincent D'Onofrio's oh, character. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe he didn't expect to get picked up, but uh, you know. You'd think Vincent D'Onofrio would already be there. The, his, this uh, should be like a rally point or something. Well, I mean, Breslin's team knows he's going to break out because they, they're a part of the escape. Right. They, they, they help from the outside. So why isn't uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, what's his name? It's, uh, Clark, right? Breslin and Clark, B and C. Is yes, there? I think so. Uh, so why isn't Clark already there with them? Just as soon as Breslin escapes the prison, he should be there being like, oh, I, we're with you. BNC security, we were hired to break out of your prison and show you how we did it. So. Or at a minimum, they should have a place where they drive him to that, you're right, that D'Onofrio already is. Something safe. Because you know, right. I agree. Like, he, he breaks out of prison. The, the warden, the, the local police are no. called. They don't know he's been hired to break out of the prison. And they pull guns on him. It's like That's he, a, my point is, it's very dangerous. Yeah, they, they come very close to shooting him. He's just like, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like, very, very haphazard, the like, post-escape plan. Yeah. So he's got a great escape plan, but he has no plan thereafter. <laughs> I was going to say, this movie is called Escape Plan. It's not called What Do I Do After I Escape Plan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, go, they drive back to the, the prison and the warden. So it, just a little bit. I don't know the, the warden, the actor's name, but I immediately um, recognize him. He plays um, in the AMC show that, unfortunately, nobody really has watched, but is a fantastic show, Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, season one, he he owns a company that um, ultimately then becomes a surrogate for compact computers cloning a uh, the IBM PC, and he is not a very happy camper. So I immediately, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen this guy in anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, and within about a year or so, I see him in two things. I, I've seen him in things. I recognize his face. I, I couldn't tell you what though. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly not happy to learn that uh, Breslin was able to to break break out, out and yeah, you know, he's got egg on his face for sure. Yeah. This, this is where they explain how. He, yeah, so what, what is he? I've got down that Breslin goes, uh, goes through his notes, and it's the layout, routine, and then he needs help. Those are the three things, right? Yeah, any breakout needs those three things. Yeah. So I like how he has, like, uh, he has blueprint vision when, he, when he's, like, analyzing the – Yeah. He's describing how he broke out, and it and goes into like, the CGI blueprint. That came, that came up in the, the commentary, and the director said he had hoped that uh, he didn't use it too much and it became an annoyance, but they were trying to come up with a, you know, the best way – to try and outline of, all right, how's the way that, how to show how Ray sees the world. And that, yeah. that's the best they came up with. I think it works pretty well, and I don't think they use it too much. I agree. It, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it almost feels like it's borrowed from video games a little bit. I don't know, because you, don't, you don't play modern video games really. Uh, no, I just don't have the time. I'd it, like to. Uh, but there are a lot of games now that have... The first game it did is a Batman game called Arkham Asylum. and it was okay. like, I've it seen had, that one. It had a thing called Detective Mode. And it like shows you like X-rays, and it's like you can see where guys are through walls. I'm playing uh, the, the latest Hitman game now, and it has the, the it has a Hitman vision. Huh. But it's like a lot of games have this where it's like, 
I guess the idea is it's like it's a sixth sense, and it's like you you know that someone's lurking, lurking behind this wall, even though you can't see him or whatever. So it it kind of reminded me of that. It almost feels like a video game. I can see that. kind yeah. of a thing. No, I liked it too. I, I agree. It wasn't overused. I think I think it only really happens twice, right? Here and then in the main prison. I think later. in the main prison they might use it twice, but e- either way, I think it's okay. And so uh, he he then kind of outlines. Or, or the what? What I had is he goes through, and some of the items I don't know about you, but it seems like a big leap. It, in particular, for me, the, the milk carton seemed like the biggest leap of all. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. I I found the whole thing very plausible. You don't really? think? Uh, what is it about the milk carton you don't buy? I just I find it hard to believe that not that he was able to get the wax. I could even buy lifting the print, but the fact, how does the guard not recognize? Oh, there seems to be something on these buttons as I'm pressing them. I I find that difficult to believe. I mean, there's probably already like a laminate over the buttons. No, there's not. And he's just putting a second laminate. I don't think so. It depends. I, I mean, I, I I completely bought it. All right. The, I I'm not gonna say I didn't buy any of it. That just to me was the biggest leap of all in, in it. But it's like you know, if there's a, a laminate over the keypad, I don't know. The guards are probably punching these numbers in so many times a day. I don't think they would notice. They're they're more preoccupied with the prisoner and like making sure they're not stabbed. Maybe that's true. Because it's like a laminate from the milk carton. Yeah, Should from we the walk inside. through how yeah. he... I think it's actually... I think I think the, pris, the the main prison break later isn't all that elaborate, actually, when you think about it. But I like how... Like, I think this prison break at the beginning is just an elaborate enough to be plausible, but not overly elaborate. That's probably fair. I think I, I, I think it was really well thought out. I'm, I'm not saying that I don't buy it at all. I'm just saying that of it, what the biggest leap is, is... The keypad fingerprint seemed like the biggest leap to me. Well, it's, I think that's the part that the warden has the biggest question. is like, how did you get out of uh, your solitary cell? And I think Breslin's response is, you have very good chocolate milk. <laughs> that's why you like it. I mean, yeah, partially. You have very good chocolate milk. I, this is, we're so far away from an actual Stallone movie. <sighs> I'm going to have to work on it if we're going to do the Stallone movies. I know. It's... it's, it's hey. We're, we're we're being thrown off by Dolph. That's because true. we did Dolph we, so we, much. We enjoyed doing <laughs> Dolph impressions so much. Too much, actually. When I listened to that episode, Dolph, our Dolph Lundgren's a little more sing song. <laughs> we just have to take that and just oh, it's, it's a little like this. It's a little more mumbly. There you go. I think you're getting. I it. think that, that's the distinction. Dolph is a little like this, and yeah. flies a little like this. Right? You got a little bit of the old John Travolta on The Simpsons. Hey, I'm flying a plane. <laughs> and Dolph Lundgren, but that's ah, okay. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez, I'm flying a plane. Yeah, looks like. Um, all right, let's 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 try and reel this back in. So you, why don't you take us through the elaborate uh, prison break? Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to try and not look at my notes. So here's, oh, this, this is going to test my memory. He, he picks a fight. He makes enemies, right? That's how the movie starts. Yeah. It is a fight. You know, I think it's partially just to get a fight with yeah. Sly, but... Uh, he takes on two very large guys yeah. at like, 60-whatever years old he is. I didn't count this as, as a body count, but I, I, I don't think he kills the guy. But the guy try, he has a shank, and I like, he like turns it back on him and like stabs him in the, in the arm or something. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, so he gets himself thrown in, the, the, in solitary. And a lot of he, – he's, I think he's repeatedly getting himself thrown in solitary to, to learn the layout and learn the, the routines of the guards, et cetera. Right. And so what he does is – he waits for a time when he knows. First of all, he, he figures out their, their routines. He sends a letter to his team on the outside because you need a little layout, you need help, and you need, what's the third thing? Uh, you need to know the routine. Yep. So, layout, routine, help. So he's not going to get help from the inside, so he needs help from his team on the outside. He asks them to blow up a car 
on a certain time, date and time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you, did you actually read the note he he wrote? No, it's I I did see that it was encrypted somehow, but I did not see what was the note. That no, it was supposed. It's like a it's like quote unquote code, but it's not in code at all. Here's here's what he wrote. It's the most suspicious letter. You would think the warden would be like, you know, because I'm sure they're reading those letters before they go out. Here's what he wrote. So September is almost here. Just nine more days. I miss you like a truck on fire. <laughs> is that really? This is his code. Who would? Yeah, come on. Okay. I miss you like a truck on fire. That's what he wrote. When you come to visit, park in the front lot. Remember, visiting hours are at 4 p.m. This it's is his secret code. Yeah. And they use like a computer program to try to decode this. It's like, this is the most obvious code. All it does is underline certain words. It underlines <laughs> September 9, fire front lot 4 p.m. <laughs> oh, I should have looked more closely. I honestly thought it was like really, really elaborate. <laughs> no, it was just <laughs> certain code words. It's like something that my six-year-old could not I mean, that's like a six-year-old encryption program. Yeah, I mean, if, if there is also additionally super secret code master stuff in there, there's no need for it because he's just spelling it out in the body of the letter anyway. So anyway, but he sends this letter to the team so that they know to explode a truck at 4 p.m. on September 9th. <laughs> So they didn't follow instructions because they got a Lincoln Continental. They did not get a truck. Well, the, the word truck is not underlined when they decode it. Oh. It just says fire. It underlines fire. It doesn't underline truck. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah. Man, what if his plan relied on it being a truck? I said a truck. <laughs> That's not a truck. Um, anyway, but his plan is they're going to they're going to cause a car to catch fire. It explodes. Yeah. And then he. Takes some laminate off of a milk carton, puts the in, it over the inside of the milk carton. Right. I think it's the outside of the milk carton. No, it, he opens it up, and it's like the inside wax lining, I think, on the inside um, of the container is where I think you get the wax from. I don't think it's wax, though. I think it's like a plasticky laminated. It's like the stuff, I don't know, whatever wow. it is. It's a thin, transparent something. He sneaks it over the keypad to the solitary. Yes. And then. At a point when he knows that they're not looking, he, he wedges some wet paper towels in the lock so it doesn't catch, so he can open the slot, reach out, get you, punch up, it in, punch in the code. Then he goes into the security room and rewinds his security tape. Yes, he, to, he, where he's just sitting there like meditating. <laughs> yeah, he pulls the speed, you know, or they loop the <laughs> they loop the footage, and then he crawls through events to the fire station, the unsecured fire station, as he points out. Yeah. Uh, Which he, was near the solitary, so that's why he wanted to continuously be in solitary. Right, it's next to the solitary. Because he says, oh, solitary is very well, but it's, it's next to an unsecured area. area. So he dresses as a fire uh, fire truck guy, a fireman. A fire truck guy, I like that. Uh, <laughs> as I started, I don't know. You're, you really have got trucks on the mind. Yes, try, like a truck on fire. Uh, and he sneaks out through the, the fire truck. He like hides underneath it. Yes, he, he, then, he gets a lift, gets outside, and then there's the minivan with the Colorado <laughs> vanity plates waiting for him. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's relatively plausible. I yeah, think that the idea, you know, anytime someone's crawling through a vent in a movie, it's like, eh, most vents are not big enough to crawl through. But And not only that, how would you know and not get lost in vents, etc.? Yeah, I, again, I don't think it's terrible. I just said that I, what I thought was the biggest leap was the, the guard not noticing as he's punching in his key keypad that there's a film residue on this thing i mean the movie does establish that these are kind of lousy guards where like every day at a certain time they go to take their smoke break and they yeah. leave solitary like unattended for seven minutes at a time yeah like that's that's their routine that he learns so you know 
I understand where you're coming from, but I was willing to buy it. Um, anyway, but yeah, that, that's basically the scene, right? And the, the oh, and then the warden's like, "What kind of a person like lives in prison? Yeah, like, wants just, to do that with his life. Yeah, and that's what one thing about this character I kind of thought was a little too pat. You know, is it, like, I guess we're supposed to be like, yeah, why would someone? It's like I don't know. I I, I, I kind of wondered. Does it really matter? Right. Yeah, it's kind of what maybe my position it's the was. money. I mean, do I care? I mean, I don't know if I care. He's good at it, and it's like maybe he enjoys. Like maybe he doesn't mind being in prison. Yeah. I that I just think the whole idea of just like I think this movie wants us to really wonder. Like, yeah, what kind of a person? I, the reveal of what why he does this didn't really ring true yeah. to me and all that. Should no. we just talk about that now? We probably should because it is in this opening. Because I think the movie actually opens with him tearing out pages of a Bible. Um, and, oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, getting some ashes, and he starts to draw this picture, but you cannot tell any part of what that picture is the first the first go around. No, I think the first time you watch it, you assume this is somehow part of his plan, or he's right. like, drawing a map or something. Yeah, no. and, it, and it's not. It's something that's going to be long and recurring within the movie, and until I got through it the first time I was rewatching it for my notes, I had zero clue. And I, 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 don't, I think the entire reveal, as you said, or the, the story of his backstory kind of Drops like a thud. I, I don't. I don't think it really matters. It's not needed. It's just not a question that. If it wasn't for that movie constantly being like, why would someone do this? It never even crossed my mind until the movie brought it up. I, I agree. Anyway, so uh, he he heads back to his offices, which are in Los Angeles. Um, but I think that's still being filmed in Louisiana as well. Oh, no question about it. Establishing shot, and then you cut inside, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, they've got green screens in the windows because they don't want you to see outside. <laughs> yeah, I think this is very, very clearly a set. Uh, before that, though, because Amy Ryan kind of finally escorts him out of the prison before they get back to L.A., the, the, their relationship is very I ambiguous. Couldn't, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I, I guess they're like... I think it's hinting that they're sort of friends with benefits, but then she's constantly talking about these other guys she's seeing. And yeah, I, I wasn't sure. It was unclear to me. Okay, I just but, to, that's another thing. I'm not sure it mattered either. No, does it? Well, you know, her her character and Fifty Cent's character, who we're going to meet in a second. Uh, what's his actual name? Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson. He's credited as Curtis quote Fifty Cent Jackson. So I'm just gonna there's call, brand I'm, equity there. He doesn't want to lose. That. I'm just going to call him Fifty Cent. It's right on the screen. What's his name? It's, I still have the, the <laughs> cast up right there. Uh, her character and 50 Cent, they don't need to be in this movie. I mean, I guess you, you, he does need help to escape this opening yeah. prison, but he's going to get imprisoned in the main prison. It's called The Tomb. This like, Which I think was the original title for the movie. Yes, actually. it was. Yeah. Uh, and they're constantly cutting back to them being like, we got to find them. They, they accomplish nothing. They have no... It's the equivalent... It's this movie's equivalent of cutting back to Zeus and going, you know... <laughs> I mean, really, for a Hercules in New York, but they don't—they don't help. They don't accomplish anything. We, like three or four times, the movie cuts back to them, you know, typing things in. Yeah, we we think we've tracked them to here, and it's like they, even in the end, it's not like they show up at the end, you know, with the cavalry. No, they don't even do that. They, Amy Ryan's character and Fifty Cent's character, and to a lesser extent, Vincent D'Onofrio's character are all so useless. I don't know why they're in this movie. Yeah, I, D'Onofrio a little bit, which I have in my notes as the accountant, by the way, so I had the Ben Affleck movie in my head as <laughs> yes. I was uh, watching this. Have, uh, have you seen that yet? Uh, I have seen it. I went and saw it, uh, whatever that day I asked you if you wanted to go. Oh, how was it? It was pretty good. I mean, it was a little uneven, but it was pretty good. Okay. So I clearly had it on my mind because I kept writing the accountant in, uh, in my notes here. But I, I would say he probably has the most use, and outside of... <laughs> 
being locked up in a shipping container by Curtis Jackson. <laughs> Curtis Jackson, you're right, and Amy Ryan, they have zero utility other than this opening sequence. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's just talk about this and talk about the ending and all that. Yeah, because Vincent D'Onofrio, it's revealed later, is a, like a secondary villain. Yes. Because Jim Caviezel is the warden, and he's really the main bad guy of the movie for sure. Right. Uh, and then halfway through the movie, you learn that, oh, Vincent D'Onofrio is somehow involved. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we need it. You know, once Jim Caviezel has been defeated, the movie should be over. All this other stuff about, like, now we got to get Vincent D'Onofrio. Like, yeah, you, you're, yeah, I think you're right about that, and I'm not sure why they felt they needed a secondary villain. Why it, does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't add anything, in my opinion. It no. just, you know, it, it, I mean, to the movie's credit, they get it over quick. It's like, okay, two minutes. Okay, now yeah. we've dealt with it. He's <laughs> not, like, D'Onofrio. chasing him down and right. having, like, a Ronin-style car chase or something like that. At least it does get wrapped up pretty quick. But it's like, I think Jim Caviezel, uh, who we're going to get to in a second, I think he's a really good villain in this. Yeah. Uh, and it just Vincent D'Onofrio can't compete with him. He's just not really, you know, we don't really hate him the way we hate Jim Caviezel. No. So uh, I just, all this, all this stuff, it, you know, it should have just been Sly and Arnold and Jim Caviezel and Vinnie Jones. Yeah. You know. That, I, I agree. That's the movie. It should be a very small movie. And all this other stuff circling around it, you know, it's a distraction. I agree. Anyway, but this is where we get to, he comes in and he doesn't know the receptionist. She yes, because he's been gone so long. And yeah. I, I think that's a, you know, a clever way to kind of establish or let the audience know that he's, he's been in uh, that Colorado right. jail for at least a few months. Yeah, because I think she, she says, she's like, oh, you're new. She's like, I've been here five months. Yeah. So he's, he's been in prison at least five months. Yeah, maybe six, seven months. Um, and then if we didn't know it already, we learned that Breslin's smart because he helps 50 Cent solve a computer puzzle or whatever the hell is going on there. Yeah, it's a computer. That, that's what I had is that uh, he's designing computer puzzles and he just comes in, solves it, <laughs> makes a couple of, you know, uh, gun motions at him and then yeah, walks up. business guns. <laughs> yeah. And then goes into his office and there's more puzzles it, sitting on his desk in his office. I mean, it doesn't, it's supposed to show us how smart Ray Breslin is, but it just makes 50 Cent look stupid. <laughs> because if it's a puzzle that could be solved in a second, you know, I, I mean... It, it's not like he's like, okay, give me a, give me a minute, and he like yeah. really figures it out. He just walks up and hits a button, like one button. He hits like <laughs> Q or something. He hits the win game button. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, it just makes, you know, it couldn't have been that difficult if he could solve it like, like in a second. So. Yeah, so what I want to know, that's a good question too, is how, how, what, is it just a button that he has to find the right button? Because there, it, it, for, it, I, I don't know what that puzzle was. It's no, because like, there, were, there were about six different pieces or potential pieces and he rotates it a little bit i it's like a it's like a rubik's cube but it's a it's like a video game rubik's cube and there's like squares like there are cubes trying to yes yeah, so that you can reposition and put something. together and you're um, right he just he hits like the quotation mark or something and all of a sudden <laughs> he literally so. just hits he say he hits one key on the keyboard uh, but also, like, what a show-off. You know? <laughs> what a jerk. I mean, if I was trying to solve a Rubik's Cube, like, I'll do that, and you just kind of came up and solved it, it's like, hey, I was playing that. 50 Cent probably was working on building that puzzle for, like, months. Yeah, probably. And then Breslin the jerk comes in. Oh, let me just hit the question mark, and this is solved. Yeah, see you later. I mean, it, it just undermines, because it's like, if it's a Sudoku or something, like, you can't just, you know, it would take a while, even if he's really smart and could solve it. Right. It would still take a while. It, just, it was so weird. Uh, but yeah, they've got their meeting with their CIA, this CIA lady. Yes, so Jessica Mayer from the CIA, which I'm not sure the CIA would be coming out and sending one person. It seems pretty flimsy that they buy this story. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little flimsy. I mean, 
it turns out there's a reason why it's flimsy because it's totally it's not true. <laughs> it's totally a lie. Uh, I was more annoyed because if I was Breslin, I'd be really annoyed that they schedule a meeting first thing in the morning on his first day back. I didn't think about that. It's like, I'm out of the office for two days. I got a whole like day's worth of emails to catch up on. He's been out of the office for six, eight months. Give me I, a day to let me go through my inbox. Yeah, catch up. You know, check out what I missed on Netflix. What's new to Netflix? <laughs> Jeez, leave me alone. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think about that. That would have really annoyed me if, if uh, a meeting was scheduled my, for my first day back from vacation. Although it's not a vacation <laughs> for him. But still. It's not. He's been gone for six months in prison. Yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder what, what his out-of-office message says. <laughs> Do, I'll be out of the office. Do you have from, any ideas? I mean, it's just, it must be like, I'll be out of the office from May 4th until question mark. <laughs> Depends on how fast I am. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he actually acknowledges, like, I will be in prison. If you want to reach me, if it's an emergency, contact the warden at this Colorado prison. <laughs> you know, is it a secret? I guess he can't really reveal where he is because the whole, that would, like, it would ruin de- the whole point of yeah, it. Yeah, and defeat the purpose yeah. if they knew who he was when he was in there. If the warden knew he was in there. I like that. I hadn't thought about the out of office. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so the CIA, what was her name? I, you just said it. And Je- I already forgot. <laughs> Jessica Mayer is what I, my, my memory. I was, I was editing. I've, I've, you know, the last couple episodes I've been editing. Just like, boy, I need to do something about my memory. Just listening back to myself. I can't remember anything. People have been telling me this for years. And it took me listening to myself. Like, boy, everyone's right. I can't remember anything. <laughs> so really, this is just therapy for you is what you're saying. <laughs> it really is. Um, so it's Jessica. Yeah, from so, the CIA. She's got an offer that uh, is going to be too good for Sly to pass up. Yeah, so, I mean, does she name drop Guantanamo or no? But it's certainly, she's saying, basically saying, like, we're trying, we've built a It's a, a private, privately funded prison. Right, that's a, basically to replace Guantanamo. Like, we're yeah, moving all of to, the, to hold. I have a, I have a rendition. Yeah, I have an issue with this entire, for most of the people that are there, I don't understand why they're in prison at all. Just, yeah, I know. It doesn't, I mean, I understand the movie doesn't, exist without this premise but it just seems so implausible that all this money would be put into holding people rather than unfortunately just assassinating them well i mean i think the way she describes it it sounds like it's just guantanamo but then when you actually get there and you learn that it, it is private i'm not does she say it's private and yeah Army? no she said that it's like been privately funded yes that it's oh, effectively okay. it's off the books and no no government would acknowledge it right but I think the idea is, even if it's privately funded, it's it's the CIA is using it. Yeah, you know they're basically it's it's a vendor, CIA vendor. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're on the approved vendor list. They're sending CIA bills. The, the tomb is on the approved vendor list. No, but I but I think uh, because it's private, you know, some of those prisoners may actually be you know CIA people who were picked up by the CIA, and some of them may just be like you know if, if I'm a rich guy and I want to throw an enemy in prison, I can just pay this. Company to pick him up well, yeah, and throw him in prison. One of them is one. Um, is it uh, the, one of the drug cartels? I actually think is one of the the main prisoners. Yeah, he's like an opium dealer or yeah. something. Yeah, well, I th- one of the Mexican cartels had him thrown in. Oh, did Javet. they say that? I think Javet. Yeah, your your friends in Juarez or something like that have paid handsomely to keep you there. Oh, I missed that detail. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it was Javet. The, the he, I mean, he's supplying opium, but I think it's the the cartel paid to have him put in prison. Yeah, so there you go. So I mean, yeah. it's it. That's what the reality of it is. It's it just is, but I, to me, like that, that, why wouldn't they just assassinate him? That's what I understand. It just <laughs> sure. doesn't make any sense. Well, but that, whatever. Uh, when we get there, Jim Caviezel does talk a lot about proof of life, and it's like we can't, you know. They can't get paid unless they have proof of life. So. They can't. I'm just saying his enemy. Why would his enemy pay? But whatever. It, sure. It, it's irrelevant. I mean, it's, I mean the it's, movie wouldn't exist without. It's it's a prison that's being used for the rare circumstance where you can't kill your enemy, but you don't want them around. And so, you know, it, 
I don't know. It, it is strange that there are so many prisoners in there. <laughs> you know, the thing? I mean, I, it felt like they needed to, to for it to be a prison movie. There had to be a lot, and then oh, we need to have prison riots because it's a prison movie. So you got to have a lot of people. But yeah, that's right. That, that's that right. thing's running up a hefty tab if you've got all of those people in there. Well, they, uh, there's a part where they move Portos, uh, well, quote unquote Portos, who's the name he goes in undercover. Yes. Breslin uh, goes in under. Yeah. Uh, Jim Caviezel moves him to the new wing. It's a, it hasn't been opened yet, and it's like we gotta yes. keep you separate. And it's this huge, giant wing. It's just like, boy, this this company is really they they have high hopes for the <laughs> I future. I was gonna say they're growing at a geometric rate. Yeah, uh, but anyway, back to where we are. So they're they're in New Orleans. Yes, they're, they're doing the drop in New Orleans because that's where they're shooting this movie. Yeah, and, what I had is the drop is in New Orleans. Tax credits? Question mark. <laughs> right. Yes, that's the reason why they're going out of their way to show you. Like, look, New Orleans. It's not a green screen. This is a real place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, they put a chip in him, and then the these masked guys yeah, pick and up Breslin and immediately take it out. Yeah, immediately rip it out. Um, so they're this isn't their first rodeo, and he's in some real peril and danger. Yeah, I like that. You know, part of me kind of thought like, well, that was pointless. They put this tracking thing in there and then immediately take it out. Like, why even bother? You know, like from a writing point of view, why even bother? But actually, it's like it's nice that they went through the steps of just. You know, if they didn't do that, then as, as an audience, we'd be like, well, why didn't... Why? Yeah, why yeah, didn't they track they just him? just put a tracking That's thing crazy. So, yeah, I guess they got to address it. So what I had then is, he, he, poor Breslin, he wakes up on a plane to see Vinnie Jones stabbing a guy and shoving him out the door. That's not... And I think it's actually a helicopter, but whatever. Yeah. You, you don't, that's not what you want to wake up to after you've just been put to sleep after having something cut out of your arm to see Vinnie Jones doing that. No, that's for sure. I mean, the movie's got to establish, like... You know, this is different than the normal his yeah. normal job. Like these are some bad guys. And then then when I had but you but then I have so he, he gets knocked unconscious and now he wakes up and I said in jail for Magneto is is what I had. <laughs> yeah, it is very uh it is very <laughs> from similar. the original X Men. Yeah, it's like it's like a thousand of those Magneto jails. Yes. Um yeah, that's body count number one, by the way. It's gonna be pretty light for a long a long time. For a long time, but then it ramps up very fast. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, what did you think of the design of this prison? It's it's very strange. The the Magneto like plastic bubble prisons or the, the it, cells they have. That's what I had. Is that I couldn't get past the Magneto. It just seemed. I mean, I don't think you need a ton of privacy, but that just that seems too weird. And I, I don't know who would design it. But I guess if you really want to know what somebody's up to all the time, I guess that's the way you design it. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems a little too sci-fi to me. I think for the most part. You know, if you like closed your eyes, this movie wouldn't seem at all sci-fi. But the look of this prison, yeah, it's like this doesn't seem like a thing that could exist today. I mean, maybe. I mean, if you had unlimited funds or whatever, maybe you could do it. But well, that's it's, the thing in terms of like where they have cameras and they seem to have every angle covered everywhere. That does have a little bit of a sci-fi to it. Yeah, that, yeah. Now that you mentioned the cameras in particular, are the things because they have like these it drops down on like a ball or something. Yeah, it's like a soccer ball sphere kind of or something. Something. That is, yeah, on poles and they like move around. I mean, I guess they're just like remote controlled. Yeah. Like when I first saw those, I'm just like, it's almost like robotic. Like they almost seem like little AI a drone. Yeah, but I guess the the people so- Wally of cameras. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but no, it's just someone in a security room like moving a joystick around. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, the second time I watched it, I kind of enjoyed it a little more in terms of the design of it because this is this giant space. They built it in this old abandoned yeah space shuttle, shuttle kind hangar. of uh, assembly or assembly. Yeah. So, I, did, I did like one thing from the camera because I did think they did a good job. At least I know you were banging on the editing. I did like that they start out with a close-up of Sly in the prison to introduce the warden. And they pull back out from it 
to then through the camera lens back into kind of the control room, and that's where you get Jim Caviezel's entrance. It makes sense. It's better from a movie point of view, but it doesn't make sense from a logical point of view. Because then he goes, yeah, they throw him in his cell, and Jim Caviezel's watching him. And then they say, oh, then they bring him to Jim Caviezel and say, here's your intake. Yeah. It's like, well, intake, you are, he's already been in the prison. You know? and, and that came up a little bit on the commentary. They, they had it in the original script reversed the way you would think. Right, you have your intake. But what the director, and for right or wrong, he said he, he thought that it was better to just have the disorientation and of showing him in the prison the actual self first. Yeah. So they, they yeah. made that choice. It may not have worked, and you know, it sounds like for you it didn't. No, I, that's why I said you know it works better for a movie, but not it doesn't actually make sense. Like you know, he, he's got to get processed before they take him into the prison. So it's just they just throw him in a cell. Like they don't even you know give him any kind of orientation. Right. How does anything. he have the right uniform, clothes, that right. kind of stuff? Yeah. But you know, they wanted to reveal the big the prison. Which, by the way, I don't. It really bugs me in movies. This is a thing that's very particular to modern movies that drives me crazy. The big pullout to a CGI thing, you know, because he's in the cell and there's probably like. And on the actual set, there are probably like five to ten cells or something like that. And the camera pulls out and out and out. And it's it's like, okay, now it's all CGI. And that kind of shot drives me. It's such a cliche in movies today where it's just the big pullout and, oh, look at the big CGI things. You know. Yeah, it it feels very much the Matrix. I mean, that. Yeah. The Matrix might not have been the first to do it, but that's certainly the one that I remember is when you saw all the pods, right? Of, you know, here's one with Neo and then pull out and see. But does thousands the, upon thousands of pods. It's actually been a long time since I've watched The Matrix. Does The Matrix actually pull out to show a big, big wide shot? Or is it just Matrix looks... You can see... Or Matrix, Neo. You know, <laughs> you know Matrix from Matrix. <laughs> you mean Matrix from Commando? Yeah, I was going to say, John oh, Matrix was in The Matrix. John Matrix in The Matrix. That would be just destruction. That's, I bet that's on YouTube somewhere. Someone's done, <laughs> someone's done that parody already. That's uh, so obvious. Um, no, but does, does Neo, you get Neo's point of view, right? Where he looks to the left and there's like a million pods. He looks to the right and there's a million Yeah, pods. maybe you're right. It doesn't go pull back to like God's eye view. You know, that's the thing that drives me crazy. It's like so, you know. It, it's been done too much. But it's like, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. And I'm not like any kind of expert in filmmaking. But it's like, I do know that generally a camera move needs to be motivated. It's like, why is this camera showing us this? Why is this camera moving here? And just this God's eye, you know, pull back. This movie does this like seven times. And each time it did it, it drove me more and more crazy. I can see that. I didn't notice it seven times. It's it's a lot because it happens again when he goes into this, there's the like the main room. What's it called? Babylon. Yes, that one's okay because it's an actual practical. There's no CGI. At least it doesn't look like it. It looks like they just put the Hold camera up. on a crane. Yeah. But then when he goes up and there's the reveal that it's a tanker, and the camera goes, oh, it's a tanker. It's ah, it, it's a thing that a lot of a lot of modern movies do. I can't stand it. All right, that's it's fair. A, it's just a pet peeve. That's fair. So I, I guess I have it uh, from the reveal of Jim Caviezel. I said, hello, Warden Jesus, but it's actually Warden Hobbs. Uh, yes. And the Jesus thing did come up a couple of times. In particular, I, I didn't get anything that this was intentional, but when Arnold is in, inside solitary here and he's you know pretending to be going crazy and he starts basically praying and calls yeah. Warden Jesus the devil. Du bist der Teufel. My little bit of German. I I really enjoyed some of that stuff. Uh, so this is the movie I've been kind of talking around. Like we, we've asked a couple of times, what movies does Arnold speak German? And I, since you've never seen it, I couldn't talk about it. But it's like, oh, this is the movie where he right. speaks a ton of German, and we'll he does. We haven't even introduced him yet, but yeah, he does. When we get there, I want to talk about that. So what we learn from the now that we're in the intake is there is the 
Sly thought he had an evacuation code, and he's he's immediate trying to go to the evacuation code. The Vinny Jones really has him spooked. Yeah, he's he knows something's up, and yeah. he's he's gonna get out of there. I like the way Jim Caviezel reacts. He's just like, oh, oh, and I'm supposed to whatever he says. Just let you go, Scott Free. <laughs> I you know I would never have called myself a Jim Caviezel fan. I mean, yeah, he's most famous for Passion of the Christ, but he's right. been in other things. Uh, but I, I really think he's great. This movie. No, I he think he's a great villain. I'm not sure, you know, how or why, and it didn't really come up why they they chose. I mean, the director said he wasn't necessarily his first choice, but somebody said, "Hey, no, you should, you know, you should talk to Jim Caviezel." And I don't know if it was Stallone had worked with him on something, or somebody else had, and they did. And, oh yeah, they. I mean, they went with him, and I, I don't know him from anything other than Passion of the Christ. And I'm like, wow, really, nothing? No, I'm not saying that he's not in. I just I don't yeah. remember him being in anything else. Well, the thing that I found kind of ironic is uh, I'm a big fan of the old '60s TV show, The Prisoner. Yes, I know uh, that one. Uh, have you seen The Prisoner? Uh, I've seen a few. I mean, I haven't seen oh, okay. them all, but I, I'm familiar with it. Okay. Well, I became I, familiar with it because the Simpsons did a parody of it, and oh, I wanted right. to learn about it. That's true. Why did you think a big balloon would stop them? <laughs> um, well, that's that's mostly how I became familiar with it, but I, I watched the whole series, and I, I thought you weren't you hadn't seen it. I thought we had talked about it before, so my mistake. But in, I don't know, the late 2000, like 2008, 2009, AMC yeah, did a remake? Remake, yeah, and I don't think it did no. too many, right? No, it was a mini series, and I don't think anyone really watched it. Okay. I watched the first episode, and I hated it. Oh. But Jim Caviezel was the prisoner. He played number six. Oh, okay. And so I just think it's interesting that, you know, it's he ironic. was the prisoner, and now yeah. he's the warden. So, Yeah, so we get uh, a little bit here where you get some more. You're right. 50 Cent, he's just searching, total wasted scene. He uh, He's having no luck finding, finding Breslin. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about uh, these, like, masked guards, because, I, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting, an interesting idea that, like, the guards wear masks. It kind of—it's like a weird eyes wide shut kind of a vibe to these guards. It, it does have that, and I can kind of understand it if these are really dangerous people. It's the same thing, you know. The police down in Mexico don't want anybody to see their face when they arrest people, so I, I can kind of understand it. But it does have, and at some point you get maybe it's when Arnold's down on the ground, you get a little bit of a a reflection back in the eye, which I'm sure is you know total CGI. Yeah. But uh, you do you do get a little eyes wide shut vibe with those masks. I thought I think it's a cool idea to like. I mean, in, in the end of this movie, they're just going to get gunned down by the right. Although, although some of them actually they don't, they don't have masks on, but it's like the, you know the kind guys of like dehumanizing. Up top, yeah, the guys up top don't. Right, that's true. The guys who deal with the prisoners do have the masks. Uh, anyway, but sorry, yeah, you were right. We cut away to the team for a second. Who cares? And yeah, it's, it, it doesn't matter, but what that you then get is that the Portos is announced over the PA, and as we'll eventually learn, yeah, that's extremely important, because then you, you, I, you get him from behind. His introduction is very interesting. You get Arnold you know, from like a shoulder, back behind his shoulder introduction to the movie. Yeah, I really like the way they introduce his character in this. I agree. Uh, you know, because, yeah, you, you don't, you, when they, when he says Portos over the loudspeaker, yeah, it's the back of Arnold's head, you know, but he kind of gives a look like, oh, like he recognizes the name. Yeah. And yeah, like he said, we'll we learn later why. Uh, but they're all being led into Babylon, which is like the main, it's like the mess hall, basically. Yeah. Or, I guess we see a separate mess hall later, right? It's kind so, of like the yard, but there can't be one outside because they can't because you're on a ship. But yes, it's kind of like the yard. I guess that's true. But sometimes they're eating in there, but and sometimes they're eating in a different room. I, but it's, yeah, I guess it's just a, it's the public space. Yeah, so here's a question I have from you. So that you, you get a little bit as they're going, walking through into Babylon. There's, I don't want to say, it's not a QVC code and it's not a barcode. I'm not sure what it is, but on, on their backs when they walk through like a scanner, and that, that is a little sci-fi. Yeah. 
Here's my question for you. How does the laundry work if they each have their own individual barcode? I mean, I would assume they have multiples for each prisoner, right? You get like three jumpsuits and they just rotate them through. Or I guess. Maybe even just but two. Then, I mean, you have to make sure that that jumpsuit goes back to that person. I guess if they had a number, it's the same thing. So maybe it's not that implausible. I just wondered if they had these intricate barcodes, if they, if they only had one set. Well, it's probably like that stuff, you know, like you get a shirt with like a pattern on it and it goes through the wash and it starts to peel off. Like, I wonder, <laughs> it doesn't I wonder, work. Yeah, I wonder how resilient those barcodes are. It's like question. a weird like black light stuff. So yeah, that even scans it be like in the fabric or who knows it's a cool idea though i mean it makes sense like you know they're being treated like produce or whatever that's like yep. a grocery checkout you know it's, well, it, but it makes sense it's like a good way to track like oh this this prisoner didn't pass through the scanner yeah so that he's they're unaccounted for yeah the, the system would automatically flag like yeah, i guess so it, it, i think it's an interesting idea but meanwhile, one guy is not getting let in because they're just beating the crap out of some poor prisoner. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I had. Is I, it seems like the only reason for that beating is just to show the peril that uh, Breslin is in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just we're establishing that these guards are just sadists, basically. Yeah. Like there's, the movie does not want us to have any sympathy, sympathy. for these guys. No. Uh, so then you get a, a couple of random prisoners who are going to claim Breslin, but... Uh, then we get the full introduction. Rottmeyer. Yeah. Arnold is going to have none of it. I love the, the when he's introduced, like, yeah, they're, they're, some some prisoners are picking on Breslin, and Rottmeyer steps in. He's just like, hey, stop that or whatever, and the camera wheels around. And there's, like, a whole crew of guys behind him. And it made me wish that he had, like, these, this whole crew within the whole movie, just like he's got, like, a, his own gang in it's there. True. It's true. And those guys really do fall by the wayside because they – when they're staging the prison break, those guys aren't helping them. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie makes it look like they're all with him, like they're all like standing behind him and like yeah, you know, backing no, it, him up. It looks like yeah, he's he runs a crew or a group, and yeah. you're right, they disappear. Then that I, doesn't make a lot of sense. It's 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 such a cool introduction for him that it it, it sets up an expectation that the movie doesn't pay off, but no. it's it's still really cool. Um, uh, but yeah, he chases off Arnold, chases off the guys. And he, he I, I like how the second time through it makes more sense, but I like how he's really, really trying to make friends with, with yeah. quote unquote Portos. Yeah. It's because he knows that this guy is his way out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the guy doesn't know that he's yeah. his way out. He's just like, leave me alone. <laughs> I, I like the way Stallone plays this. He's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's like, anything you need a favor. And he pointed himself, <laughs> okay, favor guy. You know? Yes, which yeah. I had. Uh, he is the Ellis Redding. Uh, of this prison from the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and he also... Uh, he sa- he gives him that he works for Victor Mannheim as well. Yes, and he kind of explains who who Victor Mannheim is. It's kind of awkward exposition, but again, I, it, it makes sense the second time through, where it's like... I, th- I think the the idea is that Mannheim, because this is actually Mannheim, he's claiming to be Rot- Rottmeier, who works for Mannheim, yeah. and Jim Caviezel's trying to find Mannheim, not knowing that he has him. He has him already, so, right? But I like the idea of, like, okay, Mannheim knows that a guy named Portos is going to come in and that he's going to break Mannheim out. But he doesn't know anything about – so I think he's – I think all this is just, like, fishing. It's like, I work for Victor Mannheim. Uh, does that ring any bells, you know? <laughs> like, he's just, he has no idea. How much has my daughter told you? <laughs> right, exactly. He has no idea how much, quote-unquote, Portos knows. Right. And so he's just fishing. That's why, like, the second time through, it's like, oh, all this stuff that seemed like really awkward exposition, it kind of makes sense. And it's actually kind of a little funny. It's just like, huh? Rottmeier? Is that about Mannheim? Any of these uh, names? <laughs> you know? How about Lucky Ray? <laughs> I, I know Lucky Ray. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say, you know, 
I like the fact that uh, I don't know if Arnold is not dying his hair in this movie or if they dyed it gray. Oh, but it looks good like this. Yeah. I, I wish he didn't. He, he obviously dyes his hair in real life. He's just like, he well, uh, think about Terminator Genesis. I mean, I don't know if they dyed it for that, but he's got some gray there to be pops. That's true. Yeah. So maybe this he just be started not. It makes me wonder because I mean I saw him on you know TV recently and he's got his bright orange hair. And <laughs> I think he looks good, just salt and pepper. Like be, you know, he should look like his age. Yeah, I, he's you know, seventy years old, right? I, so I think he looks really cool in this movie. He's just a tough old dude. Like yeah. you know, I, absolutely. Like I buy him as a tough old guy more, much more in this movie than any of the other movies he's done since he was governor. I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, Maggie, he wasn't playing that, but right. But this one, yeah, I completely buy that. Yeah. So then, let me ask you this. So then we get uh, Vinnie Jones without his mask and uh, and the warden. The warden's just, is he assembling butterflies? What is going on? No, in his, I, I can tell you what this is. I know exactly what this is. How do you know what this is? From a James Bond movie. Oh. James Bond taught me about lepidoptery. I should remember. Which one is that in? That's from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. That's why I don't, because I've only seen that one once. Wow, that's like one of my favorites. Uh, it's my number two favorite Bond movie, Honor Majesty's. Really? Yeah, I love Honor Majesty's. Wow, the George Lazenby special. He's bad, but, you know, well, he's okay. He has his moments, but the movie is so good. Uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones, the, the old woman from Game of Thrones? Uh, I'm blanking on her, na- her real of, name. The Queen of Thorns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the Bond girl in that. I'm really? Blanking, I'm blanking on her real name. Oh man, I may have to go back and watch that. And now. she looks great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it makes it gives me like weird feelings watching Game of Thrones. Like that old woman was super hot 45 years ago. <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Anyway, wow. I wish I could remember her name. Um, but that she's the reason I really like on her. Which, I mean, she looks great and she's a great actress. Anyway, <laughs> what, oh, Lepidoptery. So, I guess it's a thing where you take dead butterflies and you display them and really? like. But it's a thing, because so, in, in... Did the villain do it in no, Her Majesty's Secret Service? No, it's M. M does it. Because Bond walks into M's house, and he's doing his lepidoptery, and he goes, oh, that's a particularly small sample of Polychlorus Polydorus, or whatever he says. And, and M goes, I didn't know your expertise extended to the field of lepidoptery, 007. <laughs> And that always stuck in my head. So lep- there's some, there is some screenwriter that wrote that script that just wanted to jam. Well, maybe not. Maybe it is in the books. It could be in the books. But I, I've read those books, and I don't think that scene was Okay, in the so it was some screenwriter that had a friend that did it and wanted to jam it in there. I mean, it was just a gag in Bond movies where he was just an expert in everything. everything. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> M kind of rolls his eyes like, oh, there's another thing he knows everything about. You're such a jerk, 007. But I think in this movie, it's just kind of the show, a metaphor. Like, he takes these butterflies... And I don't know if it's like acrylic or something. He's putting something on it to like freeze them in place. Yeah. And he puts them in these little boxes, which is, you know, the metaphor for the prison. He's that, putting people in boxes. He's putting these butterflies in boxes. That, that I did get beaten over the yeah. head with. These prisoners are unique butterflies that he's <laughs> confining into these space, whatever. I will say, you know, like the idea of, you know, displaying butterflies like the patterns are all beautiful and all that. But I am so weirded out by bugs. Like I just all I see is that gross head. It's like, who would put that in their house? This gross bug head. Like, yes, butterflies, it has all the colors. It still has that disgusting insect head. I it's funny. I do, not, I do not notice that in butterflies. I do notice the colors. So, <laughs> I have a thing about bugs. That's Because I saw the movie Bug, and it weirded me out as a kid. I told you about that, didn't I? Yes, you did. Let's not get into it. So uh, you get Breslin observing the prison a little bit here. And, um, well, before that, you get Arnold trying to further become more and more buddies with... Uh, 
with Breslin, and Breslin's <laughs> observing the prison, and he finally decides to ask for a, a painful favor. Yeah. There's a line that uh, Arnold gives. It's one of my favorite lines in this movie where he goes, you look like a guy who finds things interesting. <laughs> it's such a weird line. I don't know why. I really appreciate That's it. part of when he's trying to become buddies, yes. Like he's pointing out, like, oh, the, the Muslims are still praying even though they don't know where the sun is and there's no night and day, but it's like they still pray. It's like You're right. That is more of him like, oh, man, I, you know any of this? <laughs> right. Can you help me out here? I'm really looking for you to help me break out of here, buddy. Because, yeah, I think it says, isn't that interesting? And then, you know, he doesn't say anything back. And it's like, you look like a guy who finds things interesting. He's just trying to be, make conversation. Anything to become buddies yeah, with him. Anything. So then this uh, this... Well, it's a staged fight, but it's a real fight because they want to. Sly wants to get thrown into solitary. Yeah, I, you know, the fact that it's a staged fight. I think I think I did see some of the behind the scenes, and I think they said that they added this fight when Stallone and Schwarzenegger were cast. It's like, okay, we got to put a fight between the two of them in here. Yeah, uh, but it is kind of a shame that it's a staged fight. They're kind of throwing real punches. Oh and, yeah, they're throwing real punches. And I was going to say, uh, uh, Mannheim is like Mr. Perfect. He gets quite a suplex oh, yes, on Sly. He does. He does I give think, him a perfect plex. He gave him the per- I was waiting for like the gum to be spit out with That's the perfect right. plex. I mean, it is like a super duper <laughs> suplex. It is like, it's not even like, you know, in a fight, maybe you'd throw a guy over your shoulder. It is like, he may as well have like held him over, you know, like they hold him straight up for a second. I was, I'm serious. I had it in my nose. Now you're going to see a perfect plex. <laughs> just destroy Sly. It's, you almost would expect one of the other prisoners to slide in and start doing a three count. <laughs> He's just down. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I, so I enjoyed the suplex and I did enjoy the like, you eat like a vegetarian. Yes, which I also saw from the behind the scenes, that's a reference to a deleted scene. Oh. It's such a strange line, but Ray Breslin is a vegetarian. He learns that earlier. Oh, that's why okay. he says you eat like a vegetarian because he is a vegetarian. Okay. Uh, so then they uh, they are successful in that uh, fight and getting thrown in solitary. And solitary here is a lot different than uh, the first escape. Yeah. Well, as they're dragging them away, we get some Arnold face. That's one I I, I missed. I made sure to note Arnold oh, face. Oh, thank you. I, I missed the Arnold face, and I watched this twice. That so is disappointing. We've been like perfectly passing off the Arnold face responsibilities because for a couple of movies, I was forgetting to check, and you were you kind of spot on. Yeah, you were picking up the slack. So I'm glad you got in this one. I as, totally missed Arnold face. Uh, I mean, if we missed one, I don't think we'd ever know about it. It's not like people are going to call us out. You missed an Arnold face. Uh, it's just a thing. Right that, now, at, at Bad Puns Podcast, we're going to get like twenty of them. It's a thing that, that you jerks. I think it's a thing that only you and I find funny at this point. Probably. <laughs> like, but anyway, that, that it's the face he makes when he's in pain. Straining. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, they have these like crazy. The, the, it's like a torture box, basically. It's not even solitary. It's no, because like, it's got huge. They're not necessarily heat lamps, but they're you know bulbs with that generate a lot of heat and a lot of brightness basically right on top of them. Yeah. So they can't really see, and they're sweating. Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem pretty brutal. They do, do a good job kind of... Breaking somebody. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, like, showing... The movie does a good job showing kind of how, how intense it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Back, so, back to the team. Who cares? I was say, back to the team. The only thing you get in this one is that uh, the accountant, as I, <laughs> I have it... Yeah. Uh, is is scared of Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I vaguely remember, but I don't remember the specifics of the scene. So I they, was just they check, want the, tuning out of those scenes. Yeah, they want the CIA called, and Curtis is basically ready to like come across the desk, and and he. Oh, that's right. He's like, I work for Breslin. I don't work for you. Or yeah, exactly. He's, he's I O Breslin. I don't know. I don't know him. That's right. And it, then so, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I think. My memory is this scene seems out of in the wrong order from the previous scene. 
Because, like, here's where they're going, like, you know, we don't know where he is, whatever. But didn't we just see a scene where they're, like, starting to track down or something? What happened the last time we cut to them? Aren't they, aren't they starting to, like, connect the dots of where Breslin is? Not yet. No, that first one is that he was just searching everywhere and just couldn't find him. And then eventually oh, okay. you get one of those cutback scenes, I think after this one, where Curtis says, I don't know where the, it's called the tomb. I don't know where it is, but this is, must be where they took him. Right. Okay. Okay. So it, so it, the first scene is literally pointless. Like even yes. in their search for the, it's just like it's a whole scene devoted to be like we don't know where he is. But back to you, Breslin. <laughs> what a pointless scene! I thought that first scene was them talking about the tomb and like oh. No, I think that I'll. I mean, if I no, I think it, you're right. Now that you're talking, we're yeah, talking through. I it, think right. later in my notes you have one more cutback, and then he finds. Some article, and I don't know where it is, but this is where they must have taken him. I just hate all these scenes. Get him out of there. I want a director's cut. We were talking about the director's cut of Sabotage. Like, give me a director's cut that's shorter. It's like, take all these characters out. I don't want to see them ever. So which one was it? Did we have a movie where it was Adrian Brody? We had one movie where you said... Was oh, it we, th- we talked about The Thin Red Line. That's what it is. Who is it that was supposed to be the star of the movie and winds up completely on the cutting room floor? It was Adrian Brody, right? Yeah, Adrian Brody. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if that if it was him. Okay, yeah. it's not really like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just Amy, we're doing Amy that Ryan to Amy Ryan. Yes, and 50 Cent just become completely on the cutting room floor. I mean, they're useless either way, so why spend time on them? Anyway, so Spe- speaking that, of strange casting... And like, I was just going to say, so I, I know in the commentary they said that they got the opportunity. The, the character was supposed to be a Russian doctor, and they wanted it to be that... Um, to show Breslin showing speaking some Russian to show how smart he was and he knew all these languages, but then they said when they got the great Sam Neill to you know play the Doctor, they're like, well, they just threw out that storyline. And I'm thinking, did they not see Hunt for Red October? I was just about to say, I don't understand. Have you not seen Hunt for Red October? Yeah, he can do a Russian accent. Yes. He's, he's proven this. Uh, so yes, yeah, so he is the prison prison Doctor. And I, here's the thing: is that for me, the last thing I've seen Sam Neill in is Peaky Blinders, where he is a fantastic villain. I mean. He is one of the best parts of that show. I completely was expecting him to be a villain in this movie. Huh. I have not seen that. I didn't even know he's in that. Not now, that's more reason to watch. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, you keep recommending it. Yeah, I've recommended it. He, he's, uh, he is the villain, and he is, I mean, fantastic in that. And Cillian Murphy is fantastic, too, as, you know, as the anti-hero protagonist. But Sam Neill really makes that first season. Sam Neill's great. That's why I, I, I don't know he's really like, underutilized in this yeah, movie. What's he doing in this part? This is a nothing part. Yeah, I don't know if he was just bored and he wanted to be filming in New Orleans or what. Maybe he's just, as his career has gone on, maybe he's having trouble finding roles. Spe- speaking of James Bond and almost James Bond. I did not know that, Almost really. cast as James Bond in the early 80s. So instead of, ro- to replace Roger Moore or? I think it was they were going to replace Roger Moore in Octopussy. But then, remember there was the there was Never Say Never Again, which yes. was the, like the bootleg one starring Sean Connery. And they went like, oh, if Sean... If they're making a movie of Sean Connery, we got to bring out the big guns and bring Roger Moore back. Yeah. They didn't want to have a new Bond going up against Sean Connery. So, Sam Neill, but Sam Neill would have been cast as Bond otherwise. So then, when Sam Neill would his first have been would have been Octopussy. Okay, not uh, not Zorin. The no, <laughs> I know you like a View to a Kill. I do. I hate <laughs> a View to a Kill. I like it because it's terrible. Okay, it's it's so bad. It's so terrible. It's one of the goofier ones for sure. I uh, like I like my Bond goofy. I like Diamonds Are Forever. You know, I like the goofy ones. So what you have here in this in the Doctor sequence is Breslin from the very beginning is kind of probing to see if the Doctor might be because he he said is one of the things that you either need help on the inside or the outside, and he's not going to get help from the outside on this. So yeah. he needs to find help from the inside. Yeah, uh, 
I, you know, the, his whole arc, Sam Neill's arark of just like, he kind of, he's, he's feels guilty about working in this place. And, you know, Breslin calls him out about it on the, on the Hippocratic oath and all that. And just, how could you work for a place that's like doing harm to people, et cetera. And, uh, I just, the movie needed to devote more time to this character. I think there's not much. I yeah. mean, and he, they don't he, give him enough time to really sell this, this sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, that, I mean, that really is what it turns on is effectively. And I think that's a pretty weak part in the movie is that, his appealing to the Hippocratic Oath is what gets this doctor on this ta- in this tanker prison yeah. to, to help a prison break. Well, it's, it's a little later, but I like the fact that they have a discussion about the Hippocratic Oath and then cut to Sam Neill like, struggling with his – he's just sitting alone like thinking. And then they cut to the, a book. It just says the Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> There's like, a whole book on it. But it's like he doesn't – I'm sure he knows this by heart at this point. Don't they have to know this? Well, at he's some point go to they his book. and they, you would think too that he's not got a lot of reading material probably on this tanker prison, so he probably has been <laughs> brushing up on it. That's true. Uh, but anyway, where were we? Oh, so this, now Breslin needs a piece of metal. Yeah, so he's asking the favor man for another favor. That's right. And he goes, oh, I'll go, I'll hit the Home Depot and come right back. That is a pretty good line. No, no problem. I'll get the Home Depot and come back with it. Uh, but where he actually gets the the uh, metal, he gets it from... from uh, the warden's office or some someplace. Yes, yeah, being interrogated. So he uh, Arnold volunteers to get interrogated and effectively waterboarded. Yeah, I, I think this is a great scene, like for multiple reasons. And I want to play the scene if it's if if yeah, it's all right. Because uh, I like it goes from being very serious to the greatest comic moment oh, yeah. in this movie, and well, then I'm right done. back to being serious again. Yeah. So let's He'll have someone to talk. So this, is, this is the lead into it. Yes, and he's talking to one of the eyes wide shut masks. <laughs> I, but I think this might be the only time. Been here six months now, Mr. Arnold and Jim Caviezel have a scene together. Yeah, I think it is their only scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. So you know how this worked? Jim Caviezel picking lint off of his vest. Ten seconds on his three-piece suit. I like how persnickety he is. You know, to many people, he's a hero. Nine seconds. Do you have a pencil and a piece of paper? Eight seconds. I could draw your map. Of what? Where you could find him. You're talking about Mannheim. Yes. Caviezel. I think the idea is, like, why he needs him, Rottmeyer, alive is because they're trying to find Mannheim. So yes. a situation like this explains why. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be an artist. Why they can't kill me. You are pushing. Problem was, I had no talent. <laughs> Six seconds. I tried... And they tried, and they tried. Five. Do you have dreams? Four. <laughs> what did you always want to be? Two. <laughs> and he gestures at One. Us. Done. Yeah, it, it is comedic, all of them. We'll have to explain. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. No talent. So, so he's drawn a butt with an arrow pointed... <laughs> Up into the butt. Yes, instead of drawing a map. <laughs> and he sits. I told you, no talent. It's like, it is pretty, pretty crudely drawn, too. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a perfectly drawn. It's, it's exactly per- right for the, like, yes. it's not too well drawn. Like, no. You know, it's, it's like a seven-year-old drew it. But I, that made me laugh so much. But then, yes, it goes right into the waterboarding scene, which is yeah, not funny. No, it's not funny and pretty rough. Um and I, I think when I was watching the making of Arnold, Arnold actually did that. That's not a body double that was in there doing that. I was gonna say it looks like it. He yeah. did it for real. Like I didn't yeah. know for sure, but I would have guessed that. No, he did. And then so from that, he he briefly be is able to kind of get get away when he's down on the ground and steal. I guess it's a 
you know, cover to a drain, drain tile or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he just knew from experience that that thing was there. And he, when Breslin asked for a piece of metal, he's like, oh, there's that thing, the drain tile. Or yeah, I mean, I, for, they do establish in this is that, you know, you've been, the scene which we just played, you've been here, so you basically you know the drill. So he's been there in the interrogation before. That, that's a good point. So now whether or not he would have been observing, you know, kind of what's in the room, that might be a bit of a stretch, but I didn't completely... This is clearly not the first time he's been in there being interrogated about Mannheim. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's, I like the way this, they set up this scene because you're not sure if, uh, if Rottmeyer is going to you know, betray Breslin. Right. Because Breslin is looking for help and he goes, like, I need to talk to him. And you think maybe he's going to you know, do something. Or you know, There's a couple moments where you're not sure if they're going to turn on each other. And they never do, but nope. I like the way the movie kind of plays with those expectations. I agree. We missed the part where Breslin draws more of a drawing of his his daughter's, you know. Yeah. So he's uh, the he's scratching into the table. He's, yeah, scratching it into a metal table. I don't I don't know what he's using to be able to scratch that. I, they probably established it at some point, but I mean, he's got he made a shiv. He's got to protect himself, and while he has this shiv, I, I wonder if the two of them bonded over their their drawing abilities. <laughs> like, you know, uh, Breslin draws. You wanted to be the- <laughs> See, that's the problem. He should have still when he was trying to be. Become buddies with them. He should have right. said, "I always wanted to be an artist." <laughs> right. Really? Well, here's what I work on. <laughs> Let me scratch this into the table. <laughs> Let me finish. I'll draw the behind. You've not got the behind <laughs> correct. I'll improve your work. <laughs> You've got the sunny day. I'll draw a butt. <laughs> I'll draw a butt. <laughs> that is that is what I've perfected. I've perfected the behind. This is the perfect collaboration between the two of us. I'll add my signature to your work. Uh, <laughs> they're both artists, yes. Um, anyway. So he effectively he gets the medal, and then um, Breslin then... So the deal was that we didn't get to is that he Arnold previously had asked, you know, why, you know who, who are you and who were you before? And he says, well, I'll make you a deal, and he, he wants the medal. And so then once he does get the medal, Sly's good to his word and tells him who he was before and yeah. you know why he does this, that he escapes, and, and that's what he knows. So then he outlines his plan, um, and unfortunately it's, his plan includes going back to solitary. Do we get the plan here? Is this where we get more blueprint vision, or is, this, is that later? It's, later you get more blueprint vision. Okay, because yeah. Uh, you might, maybe you're right. You get it two more times, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, but what you what you do get is um, that his plan is is to be able to figure. He he's outlined that he's pretty sure that they have to be in a cave. That he he gives all this logic of why they have to be in a cave, right. and then so well, he he knows the way out is up, regardless. Yes. Yeah, wh- wherever they are, it's up. Yeah, and from his time in solitary, he figured out that he needed the metal to be able to polish it, to be able to. Heat it up to get it to to snap off. I mean, he's he's basically MacGyver. Yeah, this is a very <laughs> MacGyver moment. Let me ask you this: Did you notice the? It looks like it's a brand of toothpaste as he's polishing to get it shiny to be able to reflect it. I did not know, notice the brand of toothpaste. I only say it looks brand because both the M and the S are capitalized, but it says Maximum Security. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, where is it? That's great. Is, is this is this? 
can, can I buy this? Is this like Axe body spray? I can get maximum security toothpaste? It's probably like Colgate, you know, they have their own... For prisons? Right, it's like, okay, one out of every 1,000 tubes put, put <laughs> maximum, maximum security, security in it, it. and then we'll ship them to, the, to prisons. That's great. I did not notice that. That's pretty great. Some, some, you know, set dresser had to make that tube of toothpaste. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Someone approved that. It's like, yes, maximum security toothpaste. We're going with it. But, I mean, the, the logic makes sense because he, he outlines, and Breslin is a smart guy, but the logic makes sense that, all right, I got to go up. We're probably in a cave. Prisons need, you know, labor as well as supplies, so we got to be some, by some podunk town, you know, near a coal mine or something like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think the movie does a good job through Breslin kind of walking you through the steps. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they need to pick another fight to get back in the box. And this time, I think it's probably just because now they know that the warden – Knows their friends, so they, they can't fight each other. It would be suspicious. So right, so they they pick a fight with, with Javed. With, yeah, Javed. Uh, which Arnold, you know, taunting his this guy about his mother, and he's uh, it's so good. Arnold's really funny in this movie. He is funny, and uh, from I think it was the commentary the. That that line was Arnold. He he wrote or ad libbed that. <laughs> Can we say? I mean, yeah, it's kind, it's kind of it. a double entendre. Just isn't? go with it. When he goes, your mother was my favorite whore in Marrakesh. She could really polish a helmet. <laughs> and he does like a he does a gesture too. That's <laughs> the gesture is what makes it. Uh, which I I was wasn't sure if this was a pun or not. I I don't I think, don't think so. it is. It's not even really a double entendre. It's just it's it, it's as blatant as you can be. It, it's a non entendre. Yes. It's, uh, so we, we then get, uh, as you said, a very MacGyver, MacGyver move because they, they do are successful getting back in the box. Yeah, there's a brief fight and all, the three of them get thrown in the box. Yeah. Arnold and Sly and Javed. And so Sly starts working his MacGyver tricks with his, uh, his extremely reflective piece of metal. Yes. And meanwhile, uh, Rottmeier is creating a distraction. He's, I've created a diversion because after he gets the first, he just pulls off two of the bolts and then he can swing it open, and then he like bangs on the floors for Rottmeier to start. Yeah, and th- this stuff is fantastic. I really, I wish Arnold would speak more German. Yeah, you know, like even like I would watch a German language movie. Like he, you know, I'll bet he could like raise as much money if he went back to Austria, or you know, like I don't know what the movie industry is like in Austria or in Germany or whatever. But it's like one uh, Van Damme. I haven't seen that uh, JCVD movie. I think it's all in. Dutch. Yeah, I'm really going to show my my ignorance. No, he's from uh, Brussels. Yes. What do they speak there? <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> We're going with Dutch. Uh, yeah. Okay, Dutch. I think that's right. <laughs> Just keep going. We're sounding very dumb. We're Americans. We don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are these monolinguistic idiots. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think it's cool that he's speaking German. I I, 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 I enjoy it. it. And as I said, the fact that he breaks down and starts calling Jesus the devil yes. is just fantastic. Something about the way, he, just the phrase, du bist der Deufel. Just, I don't know, something about the word Deufel. Let me ask you this, though. Did you have an issue? Because I kind of did. And maybe uh, I'll ask the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. It seemed like a bit of a leap here, too, that, oh, we've got a malfunction in the camera, camera number two. Yeah. What, just reboot the system. Uh, why don't you just go open up and go look at the camera? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of a stretch. They make it, they kind of play it off as if it's something that happens all the time. It's like, oh, the camera's out again. It kind of makes sense because it's like intense heat in there, and maybe it would mess up the electronics. That could be. I hadn't thought about that. I, I did like that they, they did use, and I think this is a, a real kind of prison escape uh, item, 
that Sly takes a piece of bread with him from the mess hall, and that's what he uses to to cover up the camera with. So he puts it in his mouth to get it kind of you know moist and sticky, yeah. and that's what he uses. So that I actually thought was pretty clever, and they had said in a commentary that that's that that's real. Yeah, oh, I believe it. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's similar to what he does with the toilet paper earlier to jam up the the lock of the solitary exactly. door yeah. in the last prison. But yeah, Sly makes his way down into the shaft or whatever. Down, and then he starts heading his way up. And then up, yeah. yeah. And on his way up. Breaks some stuff. <laughs> Real clumsy. <laughs> yes. He's just grabbing onto random things, and like a pipe bursts open and floods the compartment. But he, he makes his way up to the surface. Yes. To reveal. And to reveal, yes, the, the shot that you can't stand, and I can, under, I can understand why you don't enjoy it, which is, oh, look at how vast they're out in the ocean, which they're not out on the ocean. It's just CGI. You just, yeah, you just don't, don't need the big CGI pullback. Just, you know... See it from his point of view. You're you're not a giant super tanker, you know. I'd much rather just get a his point of view than just you know the dumb pullback. I agree. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this? The idea of it, the prison being on a super tanker. I think it's kind of a cool idea. I no? think I, I I don't I won't say I don't think it's a cool idea. It just seems like I don't. know, It seems like there could be a lot that goes wrong on that tanker, uh, and if these. These assets are worth that much money. It seems pretty dangerous to have them on this thing that could sink, take on water. And I'm not sure you're going to be able to call for the Coast Guard for help. Uh, I mean, they probably have a cover story, right? It's, it probably their cover is that they're just sailing around. You know, they're, they're probably their manifest probably says there's oil down there. I guess no one's going to look down. You know, it's just a big empty hole. Maybe. Like, I I I think it was interesting. I, it just it seemed like it's pretty dangerous. If you, I, I like it from a movie point of view. Just like he gets up there and just like, oh boy, like how in the, how are they going to escape a tanker in the that, middle of the ocean? No, that I, in terms of that, that is true. That the stakes are really raised because you've already shown him escape from a, you know a maximum security prison. So the right. stakes are really raised here. Yeah, so I like it in that sense. Yeah, I, I, maybe I it's not that. that realistic, but it is a movie though. I look I, in terms of in the movie world, completely okay with it. Yeah, and raising the stakes. So anyway, yeah, we cut back to Zeus, aka BNC Security. <laughs> Just, it's just this, it's the Zeus of this movie. Yeah, and so the uh, the the payment was stopped on. So the we never got got it. We never told you to the audience. Five million dollars is what he's being paid, and so the first two and a half, uh, the the check or the payment has been stopped. So Abigail, paid, played by Amy Ryan, is very concerned. Yeah, which I but I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> no. Nope. Well, I mean, why is she concerned? She's. I mean, again, another pointless scene. They're concerned about Ray. They're trying to figure out what's happened to Ray. Do they really care? Are they going to be that concerned if the about check the has money. been? Yeah. yeah. That I, should be the last thing on their mind. Well, and then so what, this is when you're about to get to is Vinnie Jones and uh, Hobbs, the, the warden, assess the damage. They, uh, they then show Hobbs calling the accountant, and this is where you get kind of the, the second, yeah. second villain. And I agree, it's not necessary. The big reveal, which is not really that effective of a reveal. No. It's just like, huh? It's not like a, oh, it's, it's not like that at all. It's just like, oh, okay, no. I guess Vincent D'Onofrio is a bad guy. But uh, what you do get from that is that the, it, it's determined that Breslin needs to be broken because they need to get to Mannheim. Yeah, but why? Well, I shouldn't say Mannheim to Rottmeier. Well, they need to get to Mannheim through Rottmeier. Yeah. They're trying to, some, for some reason, Vincent D'Onofrio wants to find Mannheim. He's somehow has a horse in that race. Yeah, and it's not clear. Yeah, I don't I don't understand his motivations at all. 
They've got a great business going on, and it all depends on Ray Breslin. Yeah. And he's just going like, lock him up forever. It's like, what? That's like, well, it's be, they well, have no business without him. No, they have no business, but he's trying to get the job to basically run the company that builds the tomb. Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah. they talk about it. He wants to, yeah. yeah. But I'm, not sh- I'm still not sure how Mannheim factors into D'Onofrio's character and why he has any dog in that race. But yeah. At least in this scene he does, so then this is where he turns and says, well, then do whatever you have to do to break Breslin since he's become buddy-buddy with Rottmeier. I will say, you know, I, I like Caviezel's, like, the way he's very low-key, and he's not he's not giving a big performance. It's all very, like, like I said, persnickety. He's very, yes. he's picking the lint off his thing. And, yeah. uh, I think if you're going to have two villains, you need to, one of them needs to be bigger. Like, Jennifer needed to be a more mustache twirling or something. They're both Sinister. playing it very small. I agree. They, they both shouldn't be doing that. I guess Vinnie Jones is the big, like, tough guy. Yeah, you know, we haven't gotten in, into that. I, I really, I enjoyed Vinnie Jones in this. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to do, but I I don't know. I thought it was good to see him again and kind of fun. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. No. Uh, yeah, I, he's probably been doing movies, like, in the UK for years and years. Yeah, and we just, just haven't noticed. Not something, not movies that really got... Wide releases in the U.S. So but, this this is where Breslin tells finally kind of why his full backstory and why he breaks out of prison. He was a lawyer. I, all this stuff I didn't really care about. Yeah, it, it's too pat, like I was saying earlier. Like the re- So the reason why he breaks out of prisons is because he was a prosecutor. He put some bad guy away. That guy broke out of prison. And uh, was it just his daughter? No, was, I think it was, was his wife. And wife. his wife. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if the... you know. Okay, so killed his daughter and his wife. And it's like... And now he tries to, you know, he breaks out of prison for a living to, so that people can't break out of prison anymore. It's like, I, and, I and, this, this. and it's the same thing. This is where they finish the artwork. So this kind of puzzle within the movie, I, I don't think any of it's delivered very well. I mean, I don't no. think it's so Stallone's fault. I just, I don't think any of it lands at all. No, he does. He does what he can, but it, it's borderline manipulative. It's just like, oh, you should really feel, you know, like for, for Stallone, yeah. like, oh, he lost his family. It's like, eh. It overcomplicates this the the matter, or it's just I was already rooting for him to break out of this prison. You know, <laughs> nobody needs extra motivation to break out of prison. No, it's just like I know, I understand why he wants to break out of prison. You know, you know whatever. It's, so the yeah, so what the what you've got here is you've got the assignment uh, during this time of Vinnie Jones being very sadistic. Is what they're doing is they're basically making him stand on his feet, not sleep, um, continuous to try and break him. And at least up until this point, it hasn't been effective, but he's starting to kind of wear down. And so Rottmeier is basically trying to kind of keep, keep him, keep him focused. Uh, but before that, I guess I did skip 50 cent finally does find the tomb. This is where you get that scene. It's right before they then start kind of identifying the guards that I don't, I don't know where it is, but this is where they're keeping him. Yeah, and they give, they're giving the nicknames to all the guards. Yeah, so did you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you took detailed <laughs> notes on the names of the guards. I mean, not that detailed, but I did take down the names, the, the nicknames they gave them. I know one of them was the Duck. There's the Duck, yes. Yeah. So we're thinking about uh, who are the guys in the we can't jump. Uh, uh, the so, King and the King Duck. King and the Duck, that's right. Yeah, there's no King. No. But there's Duck, there's Hives, because there's a guy like, always scratching. Oh, yeah. There's Louisa. Oh. <laughs> reminds Rottmeier of his, his first girlfriend. First girlfriend. And the chicken man. And the chicken man, yes. A.K.A. Chicky. Which they'll oh, I didn't sometimes, get Chicky. I think later when they're like about to escape, like Chicky's, you know, whatever, they refer to him as Chicky. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, as established earlier, Breslin, so they need help of some kind. 
And they can't get, like you said, you can't get them out from the outside. So it has so. to be the inside. So then they really go after Sam Neill. They go after him and he takes a little stabbing to get, uh, get back That's to right. the doctor, which seems again, pretty dangerous. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows, was it Arnold who stabs him or yes. somebody else? Okay. So then they're, they're He's, I'm sure he's careful enough. I hope so. To not hit any vital organs. Uh, so Breslin pushes pretty hard to, to get the location, you know, where, where they're at, and Sam Neill's having nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, which, and, and he says, uh, Breslin says, we're going to plan B, which is making a sextant, which, first of all, that's, they, they, he established earlier, they need help. You cannot escape from prison unless you have help. Yeah. So, there is no plan B. If they don't have Sam Neill's help, they cannot escape. I guess, but, I guess he was just prioritizing that he, he needs to know where he's at to know if maybe help is possible. I guess, yeah, maybe he'll... So since he couldn't get the help immediately from the doctor, he's like, well, I'll go to plan B, which is I'll at least figure out where I'm at. Yeah, maybe you're right. Like, once they know where they are, they could come up with an alternate plan for help from the outside. Yeah, so what do you think about the sextant? This seems pretty, uh, pretty MacGyver-ish as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of, kind of clever just in terms of... Movies. Yeah, I, I mean, the only part I don't necessarily buy is the idea that because Javed makes a deal with the warden to pray up on deck. Outside. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know it's on deck necessarily. He just knows outside because I think that's what he asks. He wants to be outside. I guess, yes. Um, which which Jim Caviezel agrees to. Which I, I, That's the part. I don't know if any of them would ever agree to let a prisoner outside uh, for any reason. But I guess, you know. If he's if he feels like he's getting value enough valuable enough information, yeah, he just lets it go. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You don't like the sextant? No, it's fine. it was fine. I just I just wondered because I had a little bit bigger of an issue with the wax paper. I wondered if you were all about the MacGyver sextant. <laughs> well, I, that, that thing looked so. Like, I don't know how to use a sextant, but uh, I know vaguely. I, I know the idea of how they work, yeah. and that thing looks so flimsy. <laughs> and gonna, that's actually what more I had is it's like I'm not sure how accurate that thing is. I mean. It, they could probably figure out where they are within like 100, 200 miles of you know the latitude. I thought you were going to give me the Kramer. How do you tell time? Oh, I tell time by the sun. Right. I can get within a couple of hours. A couple of hours, I can do that. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's the latitude equivalent of well, a couple hours. What do you do at night? Well, night's tougher, but it's only for a couple of hours. Well, because what is the sex then? It's a piece of it's someone's glasses. They yes. they poor put this poor guy's poor... glasses. We did skip over that. Some poor guy got beat up for his glasses. <laughs> My glasses. He may as well have done that. Uh, and then what is it? It's like it, it's a it's a pen. It's a pen, yeah, and something else. It's like a yeah, it's, something. It yeah, it's something that uh, Breslin rips off of from the doctor. He he, that's the one thing when he's going to Plan B, he does steal that from like a test tube or something. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a piece of cardboard with like numbers drawn on it. It's yeah, it seems so <laughs> inaccurate. How could they? But whatever. I mean, within a few hundred miles. I mean, whatever. It's close enough that they have a sense of, you know. And I, I like because they they can only get the latitude, right? They can't get the longitude. Correct. Or is it reverse? No, they can uh, only get the latitude. Yeah, which means they know, like they they, they he can basically draw a circle. Like, that, this is where they, you get his like mental vision. Or yes, you get it again of the globe and where they they have to be based on. One prisoner said that um, when they came in. Oh well, here here's the breakdown. The toilet flush says north, which I don't actually think that. I know the Simpsons has it. Which is fantastic that the U.S. Embassy has a machine to reverse the water right. uh, swirl. I, I do not think that that's true. I, I think that's oh, I think that's made up. 
what the 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 water in, flows in, in different drains the other way in different hem, in the different hemispheres. I do not think that's true. That's not true. No, I do not think that's well, true. That's, the whole, I'm, my whole world has been shattered. I do not think that's true. But let, let's just take it as a given. The next point that I had was that the, another prisoner was just caught, and then I think it was November, um, where he said that, like the day before was November twentieth or whatever right. when he got brought there. The new fish. Yeah, the new fish. Thank you. And then uh, Breslin guess from those two, they're off the coast of Morocco. Those two plus the sextant. And, and the weather and, like, it's, it's calm waters or whatever. Yeah. He says, like, we, we can't be in the Caribbean because it's too calm or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and then, so is, here's what I want to know. Well, Did, sorry, sorry, before we move on, it's interesting that he said that because I think the day that I watched, rewatched Escape Plan is the day when they announced that, like, scientists finally figured out what why the Bermuda Triangle has, has disappearances. Really? I'm like, oh, wow. Like, he's talking about how it's the Bermuda Triangle, it's because there's, there's uh, microbursts. Because, huh. you know, in the Chicago area, we'll sometimes get a, it's yeah. called a microburst. It's like a little tiny tornado Lightning. or whatever. Yeah. And I guess there's like, Bermuda Triangle is like full of microbursts and just huh. like wrecks planes and wrecks ships. They finally figured it out like, I don't know, like a month ago. I did not know. They announced I, it a couple weeks I ago. just learned something. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, all I was going to say is my question is they figure out Morocco and um, Rottmeyer says, oh, I know somebody in Casablanca. He owes me big. I want to know who is it in Casablanca that he knows. <laughs> yeah. He met, met him at Rick's Cafe. That's what I was just going to ask you because I know you're a huge fan. Do you think that he owns Rick's Cafe? Yeah, it's it, well, it's Victor's Cafe. He, he bought it from Rick. You know? <laughs> it, well, yeah, the timing probably works out just as Rick uh, was probably winding things down. He sold it to Mannheim. Boy, I'm just thinking, now I'm thinking about a remake of Casablanca with Arnold <laughs> as Rick. That would be amazing. In German, no less. I will. I will happily put in money to a Kickstarter right now. All right, for... Arnold. If you ever listen to these, we're ready uh, for you in Casablanca and Sylvester Stallone in the Claude Rains role. We'll just take take the cast of this movie and make Casablanca. Fantastic. I'm sho- shocked to learn there's gambling in this establishment. <laughs> Your winnings. Uh... Oh, thank you very much. I haven't watched Casablanca in a while. Now I'm going to rewatch it. Really? I thought you were a huge fan. I am, but it's been a couple years. Uh, so this uh, this is where we we've already kind of alluded to it and talked about it, about the pleading to the Hippocratic oath. <laughs> yes, but uh, Breslin heads ba- heads back to the doctor. Yeah, and he, I forget how he establishes. He just says like, "I'll help." Or is, I, I forget how Sam Neill decides kind of, to help him. No, just how he communicates to Breslin that yes, I'll I'll send your message or whatever it is. Oh well, so what happens is in this meeting. He he gives him a key piece of information. He says, "On the warden's desk, you're gonna you know you're gonna see a book, How to Escape." Right. And he tells him exactly what's on page eight. I don't know if I had it. I think it was page eighty-eight. Right. Exactly what will be on there. And then he again heads back to the doctor. Oh, actually, no. The doctor asks to see Breslin. Tells the guards to go get him. And then that's after he's reviewed the book. Then he he knows that. He's Ray Breslin. He's he's not yeah. whatever his cover story was. And we haven't talked about that at all, but the idea that this prison was built using Breslin's ideas. Like, Breslin wrote a book saying, here's what I've learned from escaping from prisons, here's how you build the perfect prison, and they yes. basically used all his ideas. Yes. Which doesn't come up enough. You'd think he'd be like, I know. I wrote the book that I, built I this prison. Yeah, yeah, I wrote the book on this yeah, one. Yeah, but it doesn't really come up. Um, but yeah, oh, and so tell me if this is a pun or not, because... Because Breslin comes back from his meeting with, with the doctor, and he goes, the doctor is in. <laughs> Which is like... The, oh, that know, is a pretty good the one. The doctor is in. 
I don't do know think? if it's a pun. Let's count it. I like it. <laughs> I, it's funny. I counted it, too. I'm just like, this isn't a pun. But I, I completely missed that one, too. I like it. We're going to count that yeah, one. That I, one's fun. I liked it. The duck. It would have been better if it was Arnold. I, the duck <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, just the way it worked out, it was sly. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So what happens? Oh, because so Breslin now is he's pretending to help the warden. Yeah, and he he gives them a fake location of where to find Mannheim. So right. basically, they've just started the clock that he's like, in twenty four hours they're gonna figure figure it out that it's a bogus location. <laughs> You're bailing on your impressions just as much as I. I am. I have to work on Stallone. We're terrible. Yes, yeah, we, this, we really need to put some work in on uh, those. Yeah, because we did scope over the part where because uh, the warden threatens to put Stallone in his own wing, and that's where he he says like, "Well, I can get you Mannheim." Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll trust me. Yeah. yeah, and so there's a sequence of slowly but surely giving more information about Mannheim until he can't stall him anymore, and this right. is when the clock basically starts. But again, it's one of those things where the first time you're watching, it's like I, maybe he is turning on you know, Rod Meyer. Like, you're, you're not really sure. So but, did you happen to get the message that the doctor types out? I assumed you did. Yeah, this one is slightly more encoded. I think Sam Neill is better at writing in code than uh, than Breslin is. Yeah, the message is, I need you in 24 hours. He's sending to Rob Meyer's buddy from Custom yes, who, who owes him big. Yeah. I need you in 24 hours, 30 degrees, 22 north, 23 degrees, 6 west. Which, <laughs> that's, that's pretty blatant now that I read this out. That may be just as bad as Truck on Fire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there is no cryptography in these no. messages. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come to my pool party at 30 degrees north, 22, 23 degrees west. <laughs> it is, yeah, not the best code. Um, oh, that is fantastic. Anyway, 5 p.m. sharp tomorrow, barbecue and pool party. Don't forget to tell the kids, bring all the toys, Rottmeyer. All right, so that was a little coding, but the, the address was really not <laughs> yeah. coded. I mean, what's it going to do? They're in the middle of the ocean. I guess. Uh, so this is then when Javed comes back back into the fold, and he goes to see Hobbs, uh, and that um, then you you see because he tells him that there's going to be a, a prison break, and then Hobbs determines from uh, Breslin like tapping, yeah, 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 some sort of code out that it's going to be in cell block C, and it's completely a ruse, but Hobbs doesn't know that. Yeah, I like that they bring Javed in yeah. on on the escape, like you know. As much as you just want it to be Stallone and Schwarzenegger teaming up, it's like it makes sense that they'd they need some more help. Yeah, they'd bring that guy in. I guess if they bring him in because they needed his help with the sextant. They needed his help with that, so and he then, was already in on it. And then they wind up bringing his help in more because it's his son who's like going to take the fall for the the prison break because it's he's like who do we know in cell block C? And it's Javed's son is who's there. That's his son. Yeah, that's what that's what I think it is. Oh, I missed that entirely. Yeah, I thought it was just someone like in his crew. So okay, but yeah, they start a riot. They're, the the mis they, they mislead Mister, yeah. to thinking it's so actually, but they started in Babylon, the main like yep. Hub but, area. but most of the guards, except for who do you, do you have who the two guards that were still still in Babylon? I don't think we know. I don't think they reveal which guards it is. But yeah, uh, I mean the, the other guards get in pretty quick. Like this, like misdirection didn't really do that much. Yeah, they, now that you kind of. Mention it. You're right. They do the the cell blocks. Although like, I would assume on that tanker they should be really spread out, but they do get there pretty fast. Yeah, it's not clear what the layout is, but I mean they start a riot in the main area, and all the guards are in cell boxy, but they run right in. Like it, maybe they bought, bought themselves thirty seconds. 
Did but, did you happen to notice there's there's one guy who I have down as White Power Bill from uh, Arrested yeah, Development yeah, takes is. a beating from both Arnold and did you I mean he looked like White Power Bill. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, it's very similar. Ta-da! <laughs> that should have been one. That's their prison break. Is yes. uh, um, but yeah, so they start a riot, and I mean, really, their plan here is that's what I was saying earlier about. The, the the plan to escape this prison, this much more secure prison, is way more straightforward than his plan to escape the Colorado It is prison. kind of a bull in a china it's, shop. Start a riot, get into the guard area, punch some guards, steal their guns, climb up to the surface, and wait for a helicopter and to show. And hope for the best. Yeah, the helicopter that Sam Neill's called for. It's not an elaborate plan at all. It's just, it's the most brute force. Like for this, like, per, it's the perfect prison. It's inescapable. They just start a riot and they just <laughs> gun their way out. They run and gun. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, I like it. It's fun. It's just like, it's just, you know, they wanted to end it with an action sequence. They didn't want to end it with like sneaking around Mission Impossible stuff. It's Agreed. Just, you know. So we, we, we start to get some bodies here too, though. We don't want to miss those. Yep. So uh, after, at first they start, Throw a fire and tear gas, but after a while the guards just give up and just start firing into the yes. into the riot. So, two random rioters are killed. So there's two and three, uh, and then our heroes kind of they they punch out some guards and take their guns. Uh, so what happens? Oh, so this they go up and they, he disables the camera. We get a really. It, it is a great moment when it's really good. They're and they're in the stairwells. Yes, and he says, "Say cheese," and in particular. Ar- Arnold and Javet are just fantastic posing and smiling. Yeah, they pose because Ar- Arnold gives the the middle finger or yes. is the reverse. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> I just know their pose is really great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so somehow uh, Sly disables the cameras, and they run kind of like into the, like the staff area or something. Yep. Uh, da, da. Oh, and, the, and this uh, is this is where Hobbs. Here's what I want to know: is why is it taking him this long to put the place on lockdown? Because you got a riot going on, and until he sees them disable the cameras, he does not put the place on lockdown. Well, he already knows they're going to try to escape anyway. There's this misdirection. You're 100% right. There's a misdirection. No, it's going to be in Silbrot Sea, but no, it was in, the, it was in Babylon. But, yeah, lock it down. <laughs> you already know they're planning a prison break for that day. Right. Like, yeah, the, the misdirection. But, and then when the riot's going on, you certainly, like, minute, hit the, hit the button. Yeah. Yeah, it, I agree. I didn't think about it, but you're right. I mean, in the end, he does he does lock it down in time. They don't yeah. they don't get out but. because of it. It just seemed like a bit of a stretch. But anyway, Vinny Jones is sent out after him, and so Vinny is finally going to earn his salary in the movie. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I have a note about uh, this is a movie. I don't know how much how familiar are the spies like us. I've, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I've seen it a few times. That's a movie from from my my childhood, and the alarm. The, I'm sure they just pulled the alarm sound effect from from like a sound effect library or something it's the same it's the the, the uh, it's, it's to me it's very distinctive the spies like us alarm from the like the missile whatever defense yeah. area or whatever okay the base in the, the way down the like underneath the drive-in or whatever yeah. it is uh i don't know it just it, so it jumped out at me it's like that's that that's that alarm from spies like us. well they figured this is 2013 not a lot of people will remember it so it's time to cycle it back through they were wrong i remember <laughs> anyway but anyway so they they're there are some bodies here uh, while they fight through the bowels of the ship. So Sly gets three, Arnold gets two. So we're up to eight, and then that's where, in, in that exchange, Javed gets hit. Yes, he takes one in the in the gut. You, you had to know, unfortunately, he was the chum because he's not Arnold. There's only it was a three man team, the three musketeers. That's true. And he's not Arnold, and he's yeah. not Sly. He's so. the red. He's the red shirt of this team for yes. sure. Uh, oh, this is where Sly uh, he finds the uh, motion detectors. 
Yeah. Just like, oh, motion detectors. He just unplugs it. <laughs> that was easy. It's like the easy button, right? <laughs> it is. He uh, beats himself up about it a little bit, though. He's pretty pretty upset that uh, Javed took a bullet because of his uh, not noticing there were motion sensors. Yeah. I mean, is that why? They, they would have had to fight through those quarters anyway. Yeah, I think that what he was saying is that's how they knew exactly where, where they were yeah. with the motion sensors, so they could get there faster. I mean, they're definitely tracking them with motion sensors for a while, but they would have had to fight through some guards either way. So I, that I agree. Um, so yeah. they locked themselves in a room, which I'm not, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I buy that either. That there's no other access point other than the way you know the way that they are, they're at and they lock themselves in. Well, some guards guards go around, right? Eventually, eventually, yeah, maybe you're right. Javed's gonna hold them off. They they go around and there's a gunfight where he's you know, uh, Stalin's gonna go disable the the power, which is gonna end the lockdown, right? Yeah, well, it'll give it a brief like five seconds when they go up the shaft that Arnold has to open the hatch. That's immediately. right. Yeah, before the backup power kicks in or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and meanwhile, Javed's basically like Arnold's just waiting in a ladder while Javed's holding off everybody. Yeah. And while they're waiting for Sly to turn off the power. Yeah. And I, here's the, another question I have. So I, Arnold says, Javed, you're a good man. Why is he a good man? I mean, he <laughs> deals drugs and he escapes prison. I mean, I'm, I understand maybe in this, in this situation, he's made some helpful decisions, but I'm not sure I'm willing to say he's a good man. He's a good man because he helped them. I mean, it's just it's just a very selfish, I guess, assessment. That just, yeah, okay. At least they didn't make him a terrorist. Yeah, you know, the movie credit there. He was an opium dealer. Yes, but you know, they could have easily gone in another direction with this movie. Um, but he's a good man because he's you know he sacrificed himself. He's holding off it's bad true, guys did. while they escape. I, Arnold did said, "I can carry you." I believe he could carry him up that ladder. Yeah, I think he probably could. <laughs> no, but he's you know they're better off. They need to. They need someone to hold back the guards. Yep. Yeah, Javed, Javed kills uh, five he, guys. I was going to say, he, he does some serious damage, and you get the establishment that a, uh, a helicopter is out starting to scan the area at the same time. Yeah, they do. They keep cutting to this helicopter, just, just, like, just, just so you know, there's a helicopter on the way. Yeah. Sam Neill's message got out. And there's a guy in the helicopter who I thought maybe was Sven at, for a second. Oh, I did not look for that. It's, that not, would... it's not Sven. Okay. It kind of looks like an older Sven. So you then get established that both Vinnie Jones and uh, and Hobbs have figured out that they're down in the engine room, so they're both making their way down to the engine room. Yeah, and there's a fight between Sly and Vinnie Jones, which is a pretty good fight. It is a pretty good fight, and I think Vinnie earns his money. He was good good casting in this just for this this square off. Yeah, I, I think the ending is a little anticlimactic, where he just kind of like falls, falls down, down some stairs, stairs like, Wah! you know, yeah. <laughs> breaks, he breaks his neck. I, I think they just said it, because I don't know how old Vinnie Jones is now, but was, Stallone's got to be pushing mid-60s, right? Oh, at least. Yeah, so I think, I think he's they... pushing 70. Okay, then I think they needed that... There's no way he's going to overpower him without any sort of weapon. He, I, I think it was the most plausible way to, to kill off Vinnie Jones. I mean, Vinnie Jones isn't a young man. He's got to be in his late 40s. Okay, late 40s to six, late 60s. Yeah. That's a big delta. Yeah, sure, but, you know, you're past the point where athletes retire. Well, no, actually, Vinnie Jones is probably older than that because he was a soccer player for a long time, right? So yeah. I don't think he became an actor until after his athletic career was over. No, I, th- I think he was doing some acting even while he was still playing. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I don't know much about not being the soccer fan or yeah. whatever. Same here. Um, Either okay. way, he, you're right. It is a little anticlimactic, but I think it, at least they didn't have to give the, the old shoulder wound to him like they do with Arnold, and Arnold also does get a shoulder injury in this one. <laughs> yes, he does. I mean, it's, it's a tradition. I, you have to do it. Oh, well, well, well we got to work in a shoulder injury. Well, in this case, it's, 
he doesn't fight anybody. Usually oh. he gets the shoulder injury to make the fight fair. But yeah. uh, um, oh, and we skipped over Hobbs killing Javed. He, he takes care of it personally. Before, yeah, that that uh, he's out of ammo, and I got Warden Jesus kills Javed. <laughs> there, there's a certain amount of I don't yeah. know if it's irony there, but well, I mean they they kind of make a point. You know, I don't think they're really playing off the whole Jim Caviezel is Jesus thing no. too much, but. This is the moment where I noted it. Because what was the earlier one? Where he, uh, I just said where Arnold's saying, you're the devil. Oh, the devil, right. That, but here, uh, Javed kind of, he says, Allah Akbar. And, he, and <laughs> Jim Caviezel goes, yeah, whatever. And yep. just shoots him. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cold-blooded. Yep. You know? And I think, I think that's playing off. I agree. The fact that he was Jesus. I, I think both of them kind of were a little bit. I don't think it's, they're, it's too over the top, but I think both the instances it was intentional. No, I, I, I think so. Uh, and the thing about the fight, it, it is a pretty brutal kind of pounding that they both take to the point where it's probably not plausible, but that's just where movies are at today, it seems. Uh, Sly takes too much of a pounding? Both of them. I mean, oh. there's some pretty heavy, you know, like, chains. Hidden instead of, like, pipes and things. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. In the end, you're right, he falls down some stairs. That's the end of Vinnie Jones. He's number 15. 15. Javed was 14. Uh, so, so here's a scene that I really like. We cut back to Breslin, and the engine room guy gets radio. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's going to take care of Stallone. That this guy, guy is, is awesome. He's so good. It's one of the funniest moments in a movie I've seen in a while. In a long time, because he, he's got like a, 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 a wrench, like the weapon from Clue. And he's, <laughs> he's like tossing it back and forth like he's going to do something with it. And Sly's just having none, none of it. Well, my favorite part is he's on the radio with some guy. And, and he, the guy and, tries warning him. Like, no. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, he's in here. I'll take care of him. And you hear the guy on the radio. No, 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 no. It's so good. And, yeah, Sly, man, he just takes him right out. He, and it's, it is. It's just like squashing a bug. It's like, get out of my way. And the guy, the actor, does like a comedy take. He gets hit and he's just like. <laughs> he kind of like. Down. Yeah, it's like it's like a cartoon like punch. So Breslin's unable to somehow operate a computer and machinery he's never been in front of in his life and figure out within 15 seconds how to power it down. No, you don't understand. He's a genius. Haven't you learned from the puzzle how much he is <laughs> he, a genius? He knows that he just has to hit the letter Q and right. hit the power. <laughs> That's all you have to do to turn off the power. Is you hit, you, whatever button he hit to solve the cube puzzle, it also turns <laughs> off you know, the power to super tankers. It's, it's, so there's apparently for super geniuses, there's like a skeleton key on the keyboard. That <laughs> right. It does whatever it needs to for him. That's the secret of being a genius. That's what geniuses don't want to tell you. The one weird trick that geniuses don't want to <laughs> tell. There's a skeleton key. They have like a magic key that they just any problem, you it's just solved. hit the button and it's solved. It is the easy button. You're right. <laughs> he has the easy button. So Arnold uh, is able to open the the seal and and get above when the power is down for whatever period of time that it was down. Yeah, and here's another amazing. There's a couple of shots in this sequence where it's like they under this director knows how to use Arnold. Yeah. Like, here's the big payoff. Here's the big Arnold payoff. Yeah. Because a couple, uh, one guy gets shot as, the, the, the guys in the chopper are covering him as he makes a run for it. Yeah, those guys, the guys in the chopper, they're, they're a wrecking crew. That's what I have. I have the chopper crew should oh. be called the wrecking crew. Oh, you're right, because I have one, and then they cut away, and they cut back, and there's eight more. Yes. As he's running, they just gun down a bunch of guys. <laughs> I, I got, they just, just toast these guys. Yeah, and then the guy in the minigun, get, minigun gets shot right as Arnold arrives, and... That's when he's he's pissed off now. Yes, and they so killed his buddy. It's it's clear that they the from the making of that they that this was exactly written in because the the uh, screenwriter was there. He said as soon as I heard, and it, Schwarzenegger was one of his like childhood heroes too because the screenwriter is like our age. Yeah, 
He said, yeah, as soon as that, I, had, I knew that I had to change this scene, that Arnold is picking up the gun, and he is going to be firing this gun himself. But the, the direction, I mean, the writer is saying that, but it's the director who really sells this, the shots. There's a series of shots that are so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, stand up to any shots in any of Arnold's, Arnold's movies. movies. It's the close-up on his eyes, and he's just glaring and scowling. And then there's the shot like straight down like through the helicopter blades. It's like slow motion as he's turning and the helicopter blades are spinning. It's so cool. And then cut to like it go, it, it's in slow motion for a while and then they go to like regular speed and just brrr, he's he just, just mowing guns down. He guns down nine guys in three seconds. I, I wrote that. <laughs> it's great. I mean, there's so much so build up. He's, he's like moment. Reggie Miller, right? Nine points in nine yes, seconds. He is. But he's even better. He's nine guys in three seconds. He's the, he's the Reggie Miller of machine guns. Yeah. He is clutch. <laughs> yes, he is. We can't bring up inside jokes now. Uh, Come on. No, but if well, some people listen to this episode, they'll know what that means. That's, yeah, it's for one listener. Reggie yes. Miller, he's not clutch. No, he's not at all. Uh, <laughs> we'll get back on track. So, bring that, brought that up. So Hobbs is down in the... Warden Hobbs, Warden Jesus is down in the engine room, and he's got it on lockdown. He thinks he's got Breslin dead to rights here. Uh, they are going to search every inch of that room. Oh, yes. You know what? I don't remember the scene, but I have a note saying, play this scene. So I'm going to find go and it and play it. Yeah, so effectively, um, Breslin is trapped because there's only really one way up and out. Oh, yeah, there, there's Arnold. <laughs> Should we just play this? He just mows those guys down. <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you. Give yourself up, Mr. Breslin. Here's the scene. Oh, yeah, I remember now. You can run around. Make some noise. He's doing like a Lorne Michaels impression. Come on, Mr. Breslin. You're right. Like Dr. Evil. Smell some blood. You can't get out. Not really. He's having a lot of fun. I know about your wife. Your son. Huh? <laughs> that is great. I know every detail. Now I remember why. Oh, thank you for pointing out all the small flaws in my creation. He's, he's really... He's chewing it up. Your time's up. <laughs> in a really fun way. Yeah. Like that's he's really he knows what kind of movie he's in and yeah. he's playing it perfectly. He's chewing it up. Come on now, Mr. Breslin. Yeah, I mean it 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 has a little remnants of Benedict in some ways, actually. When Benedict and Last Action Hero is kind of Yeah, a little bit. There's a no, I I just left one chamber <laughs> empty. Uh, that's so, not Benedict. Oh, yeah, it is Benedict. Yeah, it's Benedict. For some reason I was thinking of Bennett. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, you said Benedict, but I heard Bennett. Yeah, I can understand that. So It's in a similar pl- setting as Bennett, like down like yeah, pipe, and the pipes bowels and things. and with steam coming out. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the plan B that he has is there's this water tank that somehow he's gotten himself into, and I, I, I'm not sure on the timing that he knows how long it's going to take for the power to come back on and to basically flush the system. No, it's not the flushing the system because they show a guy at the computer actually flushing the system. Oh, do they? Yeah, so his entire plan is dependent on, it seemed to me like somebody doing this extra step. I, don't, I thought it was an automated thing. Like, he knows that this is a thing that as the power comes back on, it has to happen. Maybe, or but even if it was, how would he know? He didn't even know he was going to be in this ship. The whole, the whole plan B premise seems very flimsy to because me. Because he's a genius, Mike. I keep forgetting. <laughs> You don't seem to... They, did, they went to great length to explain to you what a genius Ray Breslin is. So effectively what it's going to be from the genius's plan B is that uh, the, the, the tanks are going to be emptied and he's going to be flushed out into the ocean. 
Yeah, which, you know, whatever. Like, they had to fi- figure out a way to get him out to of the tanker. So yeah, the thing that's crazy to me is he's flushed. He basically gets, like, shot straight down out of the bottom of the ship. These super tankers are, like, three football fields wide. He's got to swim so far to get <laughs> around is, the hull. It's true. He'd never He'd make drown. it. He'd Yeah. He'd never make it. I mean. You're right. I didn't think about that. His genius isn't going to give him more lung capacity. I was going to say, can he, can, he tell, um, can he tell himself, I'm so smart, I don't need oxygen. <laughs> right, that's right. He, he, his brain just created more oxygen for him. Um, yeah, they treat it like it's a tiny little boat. Like, but it's, it's a not. super tanker. Right. Anyway. So they, they, Rottmeyer lifts off, and there's some more bodies there. We're up to 39 now. <laughs> this wound up being a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I couldn't remember how many. I knew there was the action sequence at the end. Because I think it's, we probably brought it up in the uh, in one of the prior episodes when we were trying to figure out how many. When we were setting whether or not there would be an over-under yeah, at 1,000. Yeah. So I, I, I knew there were some, but this is, yeah, it's more than I would have guessed. But, uh, yeah, so they pick up Breslin. They throw a rope ladder down to him. Yes, they they throw a rope ladder down, and uh, Hobbs, Hobbs, Warden Jesus, starts sh- shooting up the chopper. <laughs> That's right. And here's what I want to know is, like, how big are these things that he was able to get from the engine room, which I would imagine is pretty low down, all the way to the top pretty quickly? Wait, go, oh, to, for him to run there? Yeah. yeah. There's not an elevator. <laughs> That's true. Again, the, the, the size of this, this movie is very much <laughs> taking liberties with how big this boat really is. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. I do have my note here. You, you already brought it up, but just Hobbs shoots Arnold in the shoulder. Never seen that one before. Because, <laughs> yes, it uh, doesn't really matter. And I had, so it's actually after that, which is I said that he gets up there pretty fast. I just have another shoulder shot on Arnold. Yeah. That's what my note says. There's no question. You and I are going to notice a shoulder shot. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then Hobbs foolishly stands next to some barrels. Some more video game stuff. Yeah. Stand next to these red exploding barrels that's just begging to be shot. And I think Arnold gets a couple more guys here, doesn't he? Doesn't he pick up a few more or no? Uh, yeah, you're right, because, yeah, 43. Yeah, because I think he gets another. Like, he gets three, and Breslin kills one hanging from the rope ladder right. with his pistol. So that's uh, 43 and then one more. One more. <laughs> this is pretty brutal, the way Hobbs dies. It is. It seems a little bit much, though, because I know the oil is there and it's leaking, but what's the spark? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had that same thought. of just like, shoot barrels three times, and it causes them to leak. Shoot it a fourth time. <laughs> and it explodes. Yeah. Here's another explosion for your, mo- explosion for your movie, kid. <laughs> that's right. In this case, it, 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 it did work. What yeah. do you think? All right, so to those out there in the audience that have seen this, I'll ask uh, the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. I was a little disappointed with, with the lines for this kill, for I agree. both Sly and, and Arnold. I agree. They seem like they were written in reluctantly. Yeah. They don't seem, the, the writer's heart was not in these lines at no. all. And it's like, and I will admit that most of the rest of this movie wasn't that movie for lines like that, and I understand that. But if you're going to add this action sequence and turn it into what it is, yeah, I think you need to stick the landing, and the landing you need to sell it with the right line. It's this movie's equivalent of I'm tired of these Mr. Falcon snakes on these this Mr. Falcon plane. Yeah, you know, in that movie they went back. It's like oh, we need to add one-liners and more violence and stuff. It's like I think this movie kind of went like oh, we got people want are going to expect a one-liner. Let's write something in. And it just—it was a disappointment. Have I, a lovely I agree. day. Yeah, it's just not good. No, it's not. I guess he's repeating back a thing that the warden said to him, but it, it, you don't remember it. He didn't. It's, it's not a memorable it, right. line of dialogue. So no. it's like 
You're just assuming, like, oh, I guess it's a thing he said. Yeah, I, I, it's not like Die Hard, right, where you get the establishment with John McClane saying it on the radio and the end of the movie with Hans trying to get it back to him. Right. I mean, it's clear in that. I mean, you make a connection. This was It's like a throwaway line. Yeah, if you're going to do a callback, you need, the original line needs to be, be memorable. memorable. Yes. <laughs> no question that this. That they're trying to do a callback and failing. So uh, you then cut to them on the beach. The chopper rescue was successful. They're on the beach, and he has so would know. I like the, the before they cut to the beach. Breslin's still hanging off as they fly away. I like the I, I like to think that he just hung from the rope. Is that the strong? Whole, the whole the, the whole, whole how trip. many hundred miles it is to get back to the coast? Because yeah, they never show him climb up. But anyway, yeah, they're, they're on the Moroccan coast. And then There's this is one what... one camel there, just so you know, it's the Moroccan coast. <laughs> it's not as if they rented a camel in New Orleans. <laughs> Who's, I want to know who rents camels in the New Orleans area. I want to meet that guy. Well, maybe the circus was in town, and they were, oh, well, fantastic. We need to get that one of those camels right now. A camel in the circus? <laughs> what tricks does a camel do? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a camel well, in the circus. Well, the circus doesn't have elephants anymore, so maybe they need to have camels. That's true. So uh, you then get the, the big reveal, which we've already learned or ruined for everybody on this, which is that was his daughter, and she shows up to pick up uh, that. Rottmeyer really is Mannheim. Yeah. What do you think about the exchange? I'll just say I I love the exchange when he goes, you're Mannheim. Didn't see that coming. And Arnold goes, you should have. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty slick. I like that a lot. I think that's really a really – it's a neat trick for, yeah. uh, for, from a writing point of view. It's just like it covers your bases both ways. It's like the audience who was ahead of the game and who predicted this – because even my first time, I went like, hey, Arnold's Mannheim. I know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Did you, did you see that coming? Uh, I was – I wasn't 100%, but I, I figured he probably was. Yeah, and it's kind of where I was. Because I didn't think it was going to be somebody off-camera in a prison escape movie. I figured it would, you know, if it was really that important, it, he probably was the same person. Right, so if you're ahead of the game, you know, Arnold is saying, like, you should have seen it coming. And so, yeah, you know, you're not going, that like, smart. Yeah, whereas if you didn't see it coming, then Sly is the one, like, voicing, like, I didn't see that coming. Like, either way, the audience gets to be like, that guy's right. You know? Yeah, they, you identify with one of the yeah, two. Yeah, so I think it's really smart to do that. <laughs> And then, it's so you do, you get a, it's pretty much it. You at least get the established, it's only through a newspaper, but my second time through, I had to, I had to see it because I was upset of what happened to the rest of the prisoners. Yeah. But you do get in a newspaper, you know, a quick shot that there was, you know, this scandal. And so I would assume that the rest of those prisoners were freed because I was just upset because, you know, you had people that assisted unbeknownst to them, assisted them in their escape and they're all just left out in the lurch. Well, some of them died. Like, right. Some poor prisoners were being killed in the prison riot right. to help them escape. I do have the whole newspaper. I forgot about that, but I did write it. Right. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's the Morocco Market News, Morocco's <laughs> premier financial publication. <laughs> 23rd of Did November. you look up to see if that's I don't legit? think that's a real <laughs> paper, but I could be wrong. I didn't actually look it up. Uh, 23rd of November, 2013. And the headline, Illegal For-Profit Prison Operation Uncovered. And the subheadline says, privatized incarceration scandal jeopardized human rights. All right. Which, by the way, uh, I do a note saying that the headline is not capitalized properly, but oh. <laughs> it's my English major Somebody background. was being lazy. Yes. Uh, and then so you do get, a, you, you get the other wrap-up, which you have to do, which is the side story that we didn't care about. The yeah. accountant and uh, Amy Ryan and 50 Cent. 50 Cent hunts down Lester Clark and puts him in a storage container. Yeah, I, which I didn't count as a body. He's not dead. No, I don't think I would either. He's just on a slow boat to somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's just on the whatever. The movie's over. Uh, 
the movie should end on the beach. The end, yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's when Stallone and Schwarzenegger part ways, it's like, that's what we care about. We don't care about Amy Ryan. The last scene of the movie is them like, I'll cook you dinner. Oh, your food's terrible. <laughs> oh, your food's terrible. <laughs> it's like the end of a sitcom, or like a, you know. It is. It, or like an 80s like cop show, or like the freeze frame. Vanessa Redgrave. <laughs> I'm going to haul ass the Lollapalooza. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. It's 50 Cent's uh, one-liner where he gets Lester and he goes, Sleepy time, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Sleepy time, mf It's such a dumb line. It is. He, he gets the last one-liner, even though he's barely in this movie. But it's not a good one. Yep. Anyway, that's the movie, Escape Plan. By an account of 45, uh, 44, because we're not counting Lester, and pun count of one. We, we stretch for that pun count, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I think, generally speaking, we're, we're much more forgiving on the first pun. It's like, if we can get it to one pun, we're generally... I, I, I don't like those zeros on the, on the tally. I don't like them either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. And I, I'll, I own it now because I, I bought it for this. I didn't rent it. I'll probably watch it again. Yeah, I really like point. it too. Uh, and I will say, because we, we did mention like the possibility, if we move on to Stallone, we're probably going to be comparing their body counts. So in this movie alone, this is probably, you know, we have a direct comparison here. Arnold had 19 kills and Stallone had six. <laughs> well, because he's a genius. <laughs> That's right. So he uses his mind to solve problems, he, not his brawn. He convinces other people to do his killing for yes, him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I like it too. It, it's a good movie. I mean, it's, it's too bad it didn't succeed because, you know, it's a real movie. Again, yeah. it's not like The Expendables. No, and I, I, I think, you know, people are missing the two of them partner up, which is fun. And I think I think you're right. Jim Caviezel is a lot of fun in this, and I think he he did a great job. And it's it's too bad people didn't kind of see him having fun chewing this one up. Yeah, it's a surprisingly star-studded movie for such a uh, basically nobody saw it, but yeah, Jim Caviezel, Sam Neill, like everyone's pretty good. Even Vincent D'Onofrio, even though I don't think his character adds much, yeah, he's still good in it. Like I I like Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I I I don't think it's his fault. That yeah, he just. Was a character that's not really needed. Yeah, exactly. Even 50 Cent. Sleepy time. You know, he, <laughs> he delivered that line with authority. Yeah, he did. So, anyway, that's that's the episode. So Yeah. Uh, move on. It's your pick for the next, uh, yes. next movie. Yes, so it is mine. And um, we've got some, some timing issues coming up. As, but uh, this is a free one for me. And I'm very excited. I've decided to go to weird early stuff. Okay. Uh, the categories are, you're kind of getting boxed in with the categories, so yeah, there had to be either that or, or Conan. Pretty much. And um, I wanted to save Conan for us to kind of kind of wind down the season, particularly with with Terminator 3 being the last one. I wanted Conan to, to be there. Yeah, I agree. So I went with weird early stuff, and I know how much you like Cowboy Arnold, so we are going for the full Cowboy Arnold, okay. the villain, the also villain. known as Cactus Jack. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know almost nothing about this movie. What it, do you know about the villain? Uh, I don't know anything about it other than it's got Kirk Douglas and Margaret and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've seen like clips here and there, and it looks pretty strange. So I, uh, it's, it'll be an interesting experience. I have no idea it. what it's about. I mean, all I know is I think his character name I I have is he is the handsome stranger. Okay, is who Ar- is what Arnold is or who Arnold is? Yes, yeah, so that'll be fun just to see. We're, we're knocking out the ones we've never seen before, yeah. and this this is one of the few left. So this should be a fun one. So yeah, the villain is next. Is this the last one you have to see that you've never seen? I still have the Sixth Day. I've not seen. Yeah, this is the last one I've never seen. Is the villain? Have you seen Pumping Iron? We haven't done that yet. I have, but it's been a long time since I've seen Pumping Iron. Okay, I so, I couldn't tell you anything in it. So okay, I actually watched that relatively recently. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, 
So this will be after after we watch this, you'll have seen every single Schwarzenegger movie. So yeah. you'll, you'll beat me to the punch on that. I'm yeah, jealous. <sighs> anyway, so that's so tune in uh, when we watch Cactus Jack, aka the villain. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast and uh, write us emails at questions at bpamg.com. And please uh, like us and write a favorable review on your podcast app of choice if you enjoy the show. And my last order of business is the rule in a crisis situation. And this one, I was very excited for being a newer movie and not knowing it well. Uh, it was very easy for me. So simple. Always have a plan B. <laughs> It literally is in the movie, and I agree with it. Always have a plan B. For a second, I thought you were going to go really obvious and say always have an escape plan. Oh, uh, yeah, well, plan B is close enough, but I'm going with always have a plan B. That's advice. We were talking about Bond earlier. That's the last thing that Q says to Bond before uh, Desmond Llewellyn's, who played Q, his last movie. You're right. Two things I always told you. I forget the first thing, and then always have an escape plan. Yep. It all ties together. The Bond connection, there it is. We planned all that out. We did. It was our escape plan as we escaped this episode. So (laughs) tune in next time. We'll be back with the villain, a.k.a. Cactus Jack.